Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, how are we doing on this blessed evening, good sir? I'm doing good, man. I don't know if, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but OJ Simpson is crazy. We're going to come right out of the gates with this, huh? That is on my docket for sure. We can get right into it, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yes, how are you, Fran? I'm doing well as well. Uh, let's go ahead. We, go just, we can dive right into it, Fran. So I'm assuming you're uh, you're referring to OJ Simpson talking to The Athletic yes. online, talking yes, about man. he avoids L.A., because he doesn't want to, he's scared he could be sitting right next to the person who murdered Nicole Brown and, and Ron Goldman. That dude is crazy, man. That is, that is the most, it's like he's still playing a game and everybody, everybody, know, it's like, you know, you know, uh, what's that movie? Big Daddy? Yeah. Where Adam, Adam Sandler gives the little kid, he gives him sunglasses yeah, when you're yeah, invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, he's still playing the game. He has the sunglasses on. He's like, they don't know I did it. Oh, yeah. you can't tell. But like, everybody knows. So every time shit like this nah, comes man, I out. I think he passed that. I think he's like. You think I he's trolling? I didn't, no, I didn't. Oh, you it. think he just tricked himself in the. I, he yeah, believes it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't that's different. That's different. He has to be. That's sick. That's a sick guy. When I saw that, I saw that quote, I was like, that's a sick dude, man. I avoid my kitchen because I'm scared I'm going to run into the person that ate all the cookie butter in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to run into crazy, the animal, man. the monster that ate all of my Trader Joe's cookie butter. And, you know, so I just avoid the kitchen altogether because I don't want to be around that type of stuff. Yeah. That's a sick dude. That's wild. I don't want to. I could be sitting right. You are. Yeah, you, you are. are. Always. <laughs> you're always sitting next to him. He's You you brush your teeth. He's in front of you. You see him all the time. <laughs> you constantly are seeing this person. Puddles in the rain when you walk down the street. He's always just all, all over your shoulder. It's crazy, man. And then to bring it up 30 years later and say that, that's yeah. crazy. Like, nobody says that. Yeah. I hope somebody 30 years later, him. like, I could be sitting and catch steak and he could just be right there. Nobody thinks that. Crazy. Man. Nobody thinks that. Shit is wild. Nobody says shit like that. I can't believe he's still talking like that, though. The the evil perpetrator still out there will never be caught. It's like, yeah, no, they caught him. Yeah. He just got away. Yeah, Johnny Cochran just is really <laughs> good at his job. <laughs> it's like, and, and he's got playing golf and, like, he has this weird celebrity now. Like, you know, women who are into, there's, like, these, there's, like, true crime star fuckers out there. Mm. Like, women who are into people who are murderers. Richard Ramirez had a big fan group. 
Ted Bundy had a bunch of fans. Oh, Charlie Manson got married a couple of times while he was in prison. So there's women out that there. Crazy. there. There's women out there who will be like, oh, my God, O.J. Simpson, look at his hands. He, those might be the hands that the blood was on when he horribly murdered That's those gross, two people. Man. I want to fuck him. That's a thing. I don't get it. That's crazy. And we are in this true crime space. And, you know, um, it, it's a conversation that a lot of times people have about, you know, um, profiting off of or using people's tragedies as entertainment. And, you know, that's something I battle with from time to time because we we don't we, we're trying to be as respectful as possible. But yeah. we are telling stories of like real things that happen. Yeah. And it, it, we're weaving it into some form of entertainment. So there's there's demons I fight in doing that. But I'm not out here like. We're not trying to. We're not here to praise these horrible people or anything like that. At all. Where O.J. Simpson is in this weird type of space where he's like a, oh my god, he's infamous. Yeah. Oh my god, it's O.J. Can I get a picture? But then everybody, because everybody without a doubt is going to go home on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and be like, oh my god, look who I fucking saw at this fucking cheesesteak place with a knife emoji next to it. Everybody wants to be the person who stood next to the the serial killer, the murderer, O.J. Simpson. It's not like there's no all his the life of him being OJ Simpson, Orenthal, the football player is it. It's probably pretty rare that that's why he gets called or why he gets um, um, asked for photographs and stuff. Yeah. Nobody's like, oh, I was just a big fan of the Buffalo Bills in 1983 or whenever he played I mean, the football. Juice, man. He was that in football. He was. But at this point, After anybody that, who's coming up to him, who's 20 years old football. to get a photo of, with yeah. him is like to be like, yo, it's crazy. Like I was trembling. Yeah. People if I like saw him in prison, I would go, I would go is that O.J. Simpson? That's how, <laughs> that's how I would go. I, mean, I just would be like, what? You never know when you could be in a restaurant sitting next to the guy who killed two <laughs> people, and it's O.J. Simpson. That's really, that's, yeah. real, that's a real fear I have. <laughs> I don't know how O.J. Simpson's walking around telling people that lie. You never know where I, I could be in the place where the person who murdered my wife and that nice waiter man, he could be sitting right next to me, eating the same meal that I'm eating with my hands. That's crazy, man. Uh, O.J., man. Yeah, well, that's good. We got right into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't so, believe you said that. <laughs> so, Fran, um, moving on real quick is something I wanted to touch on because I thought it was funny, but it also brought up, I found this article. So, over the weekend, uh, a listener uh, accused me of being a conspiracy theorist. They said, you know, you're basically a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. which I took exception to because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a casual conspiracy consumer. Yeah, I agree I, with her. I, n- no, no. A conspiracy theorist comes up with the theories. And then, like, promulgates them, puts them out into the world, uh, pushes them on the people. Mm. I just absorb them. Okay. And I, a lot of the times, I don't believe it. What is, it, what is, what is this term? A cons- what, what they call no, me or we, what I call myself. What do you call yourself? I'm a casual conspiracy consumer. Okay. I just, I just watch the stuff that, they, that the conspiracy theorists make sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not out here making YouTube videos, 11 parts about lizard people. And, not and, yet. Mm, oh okay yeah that's levels that's deep that's deep that's deep yeah i don't plan to be that person okay but while in the lane of conspiracy which we stumbled into thanks to that wonderful listener Mm -hmm. i found this buzzfeed article with a a list of you know uh, basically buzzfeed buzzfeed takes things that are trending online and then interviews people or takes people's tweets and funnels them into one thing okay and they took a bunch of people who have been sharing their conspiracy theories that they actually believe in Mm -hmm. and 
a lot of them are interesting. And some of them I've heard before. And some of them are like, you know, just, they just, listen, I think that you should, you shouldn't question everything. I think that's going too far, but some stuff you should, there's no problem. You should just question it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to read off a couple of these conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and okay. you just tell me if you think it's like cuckoo crazy or if you okay. go like, mm, I can see where they could connect the dots on that. I gotcha. don't believe it, but I can see how they got there. Yeah. Okay. I don't think dinosaurs, dinosaurs are real. I don't think they're, they ever were weird. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Now, can, do you want to unpack that or you, do you have any research that you've done or no like, well sophie was watching this this movie called like something dinosaurs the movie okay. and i yes, was like that's an app that's appropriately yeah, named I, don't, I, don't remember. <laughs> okay. I don't remember the name of so dinosaurs movie. the movie i just don't think and that movie made you not believe what it, when you watch it they go this is an octosaurus and it tells you like if it's a carnivore omnivora shit like uh-huh. that and now I go, are you like how would they know that is that yeah, why you don't believe no, no no i just i just go Shit that big, walking around at some point? No. I'm not going to get into how the earth no. was different. and no. the, the Sure. And something <laughs> wiped out all of them all at once? Nah, I'm not buying it. What about the bones? You can make those. You can make bones? Can make bones. Bury what about fossil they- fuel? You know that petrol is, that's, it's, it's, it's like the carbon or like, it's the remnants of, of, of old bones. I get that's the, what, that's I, what gas is. I get is. the name. Yeah, I get the name. Fossil fuel. Yeah, but No. You just no, nah. no. I just don't think. Hey man, shit flying around like that, blue arms. <laughs> birds shit. exist. A bird is like a, it can fit in my hand. Uh, 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 I don't know the, the name. So of the, the idea of like, a big bird is like no. Nah, that's, what, that's uh, where it goes too far. Yes, man. Just, no, a dinosaur. A just, dinosaur bird. No, I'm talking about just a dinosaur. Any dinosaur. The big ones. The big ones. T Rex. T Rex. Yeah, blue arms. Yeah, they just walking around. <laughs> that's that's insane, man. But just because it's insane doesn't mean it's not true. But not that's true. your conspiracy theory. It's not true, though. That's your conspiracy theory. That's and you something made wiped that- them all out at one time. There's none left. That's not what happened. What happened? The meteor ruined the 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 ozone. Okay. Put a lot of smoke and toxicity into the sky. Yeah. And it blocked out the sun and it ruined the crops. And so they slowly starved and died out. And then because the sun was blocked out by the the meteor, okay, it got cold. And then the ice age happened. And then a lot of the dinosaurs died off that way. And Just then the ones that survived survived. Mm-hmm. Survive when? Survive, they froze. They starved. Mean the ones survive, survive. Where they at now? I understand. They've they mutated just, they just into, into other things. Else? You know, they say like, like bird, birds. Are, birds uh, are dinosaurs. What about elephants? Elephants are descendants of the woolly mammoth, I believe. It's like you know, but the woolly mammoth was kind of like else. at the end of dinosaurs. Yeah. It wasn't the same kind of thing. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. I just want to put Sound that. I like out it. There. I've, I've not that I believe, I'm not saying I believe you because okay. I don't. But <laughs> you sound smart. <laughs> my my point is the things that you saying you don't believe you can you can you look believe at dinosaurs that dinosaurs I, I do I do believe that you do yeah just yeah sure. from what I've from what I've seen and and, and looked up and, and, and this watched is why you're a casual conspiracy consumer cons- yeah the conspiracies I've consumed have not convinced me that dinosaurs I'm gonna get you a shirt that casual conspiracy consumer yeah I th- I'm triple C man but please I, yeah. I would love to I would rock that shirt proud. and then go dot 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 for now yeah for, for now because you never know yeah. You know yeah you never know yeah. okay so off coming off of your conspiracy okay uh, dinosaurs never never existed nope okay so here's the first conspiracy I thought this was really interesting so okay the first conspiracy that a lot of people online believe or somebody at least that made, made it to this BuzzFeed article Area 51 was a conspiracy theory started by the U.S. government to lead the Soviet Union into falsely believing that the U.S. had alien technology during the Cold War. So the Cold War is basically the standoff between the United States and Russia. Mm -hmm. And the theory is that Area 51 has always been bullshit, but it just got out of hand. And what it was was it was a pump fake. It was the U.S. 
put out some some little whispers out there saying, yeah, man, they caught a, a spaceship that landed and now they got, you know, alien laser guns and just technology that you could never fuck with. You shoot, you, they shoot you with you, shoot you with it, the heart explodes and you never even see where the, the, the bullet went in. Yeah. And, and, and now it's gone out of control and now Area 51 is this heralded, you know, shadowy type of thing. But it really was just a pump fake to get Russia to be scared to go to war with us. Hmm. What do you think about that? I believe it. That's, I, I don't think that's hard to believe. That's, but I think because Russia is so, is so many people. Yes. And it's a big, it, Russia's yeah. always been a big threat. Yeah. They've always been kind of like, it's been bumping heads. They've yeah, always yeah. been there. It's like, maybe we don't really want to go to war with them. Yeah. So we're going to make you think we got the shit you don't want to come over here and fuck yeah, that's with. That's believable. I, 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 I like that. But at the same time, it's disappointing because, well, not disappointing. I don't believe it because I believe Bob Lazar. Who was the guy that believed? Who said that he worked at Area Fifty One and worked on Area okay, Alien? Yeah. So I was like, I can't believe both of those things. That Area Area Fifty One is bullshit, and that Bob Lazar is telling the truth. I believe that Bob Lazar is telling the truth more than I believe that this was a pump fake, Area Fifty One, mm. and that really it's just some. It's just you can't come. You can't come near Area Fifty One because they have to keep the lie a lot. Keep the lie alive. Mm. Like you can't come near Area Fifty One. It's in Nevada, and you can't yeah. come. Remember when people were trying to storm it? Yeah. Or they said Can you ride going. past it? Or is it no, like, you're no, it's a no, don't come on the you land. Can't, you can't go past like, it. Like shoot all? on sight. You can't even fly over it. You can't fly over Area no, 51? You can't fly over Area 51. Um, here's a second one. And I have my I have a conspiracy. It's not a theory because I don't think I came up with it. I just it, I adopted it from some other things that I heard and, and some things that I believe just from seeing. But this is one that somebody believes. So okay. <clears throat> second one is the American public education system is purposely declining. To promote consumerism and make more subservient, make a more subservient population. For example, public schools used to teach home economics, wood shop, and auto shop. Not anymore. Exactly. By cutting the budgets for these programs, you're going to end up with adults who don't know how to cook. Mm -hmm. So they spend all their money on restaurants, which yep. I do right now. I get Grubhub all the time, but I do know how to cook. Yeah, I just it's just easier. Uh, they don't know how to sew, so they spend all their money on clothes, which is like, even if I knew eh, how to sew, I would buy, I would buy clothes. Yeah. You Nobody's going like, to make clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you can't make Yves Saint Laurent. You <laughs> right. just, you want to look fly, you got to, you got to buy it. Yeah. It's sometimes it's about the label. Yeah. And that's not a new thing. That's a uh, 200 years ago. People were like, I want to wear Donnie Brooks Smith, yeah. the, whatever the thing is that was like the, the fancy that's boots. Nothing new, yeah. Yeah. The fancy horse boots. So, uh, what else do we got? Um, everyone will be getting ripped off because they will be completely dependent on what, the mechanic says instead of having their own pool of knowledge to draw from, which is like, that's just the world now anyway. Like people get gypped all the time from these things. Cause we, we haven't known how to do these things for years. This isn't something that's like new or that's on the horizon. Now my theory but is, that's not, I don't think that's getting gypped off though. That's just a, that's no, just a service. I, oh, I, I'm, I've, I've made it very clear. I don't know if I've said this a lot on this podcast. I probably have. Cause it's something I firmly believe in. I think that my time is worth money. So I'm perfectly fine paying somebody to do something that I don't feel like doing. Yeah. If I have the money to do it, right. I wouldn't jeopardize myself financially to, to not do something that I could do myself. But right. if I could do it myself, but like, yeah, here's $50, you do it. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine doing that. I don't think that that makes me some kind of like but that, cre that creates or, a job also. Exactly. Yeah, man. I'm I'm out here creating wealth. Yeah. Creating job opportunities. I'm I'm improving the economy. Yeah. You know, I could cut my grass, but that guy could cut my grass and I'll just pay him to cut it. You know, nothing easy peasy. Nothing, nothing wrong with that, with that at yeah. all. Um number 4. I think the trend of where you show a picture of yourself now versus 10 years ago was promoted uh, if not invented by Facebook-owned social media companies in order to train artificial intelligence to be able to recognize and analyze how faces age. Mm. And everybody just buys right into it. Oh, 
how it started, how's it going, you know, yeah. all that type of stuff. And really, you're just feeding the algorithm, yep. feeding them pictures to be able to analyze and see your face at different levels and how it's changed. And all that. I'm into that. I buy into that mm. for sure. I very much buy into that one. Um, do a couple more of these because I've this is this. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, this is OJ, but I'm a casual. Yeah, oh, oh got to read that one, right? I mean, it's got that's 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 sync, that's sync, that's in sync right there. That's synergy. We got to We're gonna go right to this. One. All right, but yeah, I, again, I'm a casual conspiracy consumer. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Number seven on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Con- Robert Kardashian destroyed evidence that would have convicted OJ. Mm. He was handed a Louis Vuitton garment bag by OJ's assistant right as OJ returned from Chicago. None of the cops paid any attention to him as he walked away with the bag. When the when the bag when the bag theory was discovered a month later, Kardashian claimed to have lost it. So he got on a flight the night of the murder. I don't know who was how do they were I guess maybe somebody that's a friend with him of him would of his would have to have told them. That's not like they had that on footage or yeah. you know, that's not like public knowledge. That's like yeah. a, that's hearsay. So I don't know about that one. Hmm. But I don't know about that one either. Yeah, but you know, again, conspiracy it's a hit or, hit or miss. Conspiracies are the most hit or miss thing in the world. Either you believe it a little bit or you're like, that's no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Everybody has a little bit of questioning in them. Like a lot of people will click on that kind of video. Yeah. Even if they don't go on and talk about it on a microphone, like I have a tendency to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But everybody's clicked on a conspiracy video. Yeah. Everybody just has an like interest. 9-11. 9-11 is a big one. Yeah. 9-11 is a big one. That one I don't I don't know about that. I'm one. not gonna get into that. But I, I will say I watched a documentary called Loose Change. It's interesting. I don't know if I believe. But that's one I can go. I can go deep in and go. Here's what I'll say about 9-11, especially with 9-11 coming up. That's why I want to be careful what I say. I don't think that there was nobody on the planes and all that. Type. That's where it goes too far for me because people died. People yeah. truly died yeah. in 9-11. I, I could understand the government looking the other way because it could benefit the stock market going into war, that kind of stuff. Like the, the, basically the government allowing themselves to be attacked and not shooting a plane down or not warning people or whatever, allowing 9-11 to happen so that they can go into the war of Iraq, which has lasted for 20 years mm-hmm. and made, made the country a bunch of money and they went in there and stole the oil, all of that. But the idea that like, oh, uh, the planes were fake and uh, the building was uh, demolished with explosives and all that type of stuff is like, that's going too far. Yeah. But it's an interesting one. And it's interesting, st- but I but st- I go. I might sound stupid because I'm like, why would the government want to kill a whole bunch of people? Let's go ahead and move on, man. <laughs> no, we're gonna move on, man. We're gonna move on, and uh, I don't because then because if I see if I rebut to what you just said, then I start to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. And what, was that crazy you, though? No, no, no. What you I'm just saying, like what you would... just said is the common thought. Yeah, I'm like no, that's crazy. Why would the government do that? But I'm gonna just. Okay. Yeah. They all have something to do with money. Uh, yeah. Stuff. All. It's all kind of stuff that could have happened. But I'm gonna choose to not. I'm trying to get you to say something controversial. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. I'm gonna choose to not engage with that because that will lead me down a rabbit hole where I start to sound like a crazy person. And I don't want to sound like a crazy person. This is not uh, uh, Alex. But Jones you are a, podcast a, a casual. Like I'm a uh, casual conspiracy, conspiracy consumer. Yeah. Casual, casual conspiracy, conspiracy consumer. consumer. Right. There you go. One more time. Casual, casual conspiracy, conspiracy consumer. consumer. Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not here to tell you what a to casual think. Consum- what is it? A casual, casual conspiracy consumer. Casual conspiracy. Okay. Yeah, I'm a casual conspiracy consumer. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm not here to tell anybody what to think. I just go, this was interesting. For example, I watched a, I watched a video about a guy who said he's stuck in 2027. Okay. 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> but right? It sounds ridiculous, right? I could put on a 15-minute video for you right now. And, and by I the end of it, it, by the end of it, Fran, I promise you, you would believe no. this video. You are a casual conspiracy. I'm a casual consumer. conspiracy consumer. I'm a CCC. I'm a casual conspiracy consumer. There's a guy from Spain who says, and the whole thing has kind of been been debunked. And oh, once you, no, but <laughs> <laughs> but once you get to the end of the video, you that until the end of the video is when you go, oh, okay, I see what this is. Now I get it. But for the first like twelve minutes, you go, this this is me watching the video. This is bullshit. This is me. Yeah, I got my little bowl of snacks because I'm going down conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Dude says he's he's stuck in 2027 and the only way he can communicate with people is through TikTok. <laughs> this will be funny. So I got my little thing. I'm eating it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he walks into buildings and there's nobody in the buildings. Oh, okay. Funny. And then like three minutes and you go, well, how did he walk into a police station? It would always be people in the police station, but he must know the police. Then it's like, wait, how did he walk into a zoo? Where's the animals at? In the begin for the why first. Why do you? Why do you? But <laughs> what are you? What are you looking at? Why are you clicking on stuff like this? I don't think this is good for it's you. Just, it's, health, man. it's just it's That's just entertainment, crazy. man. Why do people? Why do people watch Suicide Squad? It's just something to watch. The movie? Yeah. No, man. That's it's entertainment. something to watch. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. That bullshit you watch. A person saying that they're stuck in the future and it's a video. Yeah. That they can like. Edit and shit like that. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'll play the video for you, and all of this questions, all the questions that you said, where I go, where I go, I'll play for you at the end. (laughs) Yeah, all the questions that I had, where I go, he probably filmed all this during the pandemic, where everybody was in the building. They were like, no, he went to this building and had the date. It was it was January fifteenth, two thousand twenty one. You can edit that. I'm trying to tell you, bro. All the (laughs) questions that you just say, right? They had a person come on and be like, you can only edit that kind of footage if you know he. Then he went and drove a car. You can't edit people out of it out because you can edit people out. If there's people in a, you're walking down a boardwalk and there's people in front of you while you're filming. Yeah. You can edit it to make it look like there's nobody on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. But when you increase the speed, you can't edit. It, you will be able to tell. You will be able to tell it's edited. There's no paid actors in this? Bro, there's nobody in it. There's no actors in it. You just said people come on the show and talk about. What? You just said people come on and talk about that. Oh, this was. No, it's a, it's a, it's a people breaking oh, down the, the TikToks. Oh, okay. okay. The videos are just TikToks. Of him walking around, people would be like, huh. "Oh, this is on TikTok." Yeah, people would be like, "Go oh, to, yeah, this, go to, this go to the people would be like, over. go to the train station." Yeah, I'm not talking about. But this listen, this is but, <laughs> but they'll be like, "Go to the train station," and then he goes to the train station, and nobody's, and nobody's there. there at twelve at twelve at like no, two in the afternoon. Sure, uh, I'm trying sure. to everything that your uh, your face and everything is how I clicked on. I was like. Pfft. Let me see what but this I w- stupid But the thing is. about that, I wouldn't click on it, though. That's what, <laughs> what differentiation Okay, see, is. okay, I got it. Okay, I, I go, see where the difference I is. Go. I click on that shit all the time. That's a waste of my time. I'd be like, Nicki, Man- Nicki Minaj is a lizard. <laughs> Let me go ahead and see what this is. No. You know what There's no That's such thing as a coincidence. That's what it is for me. It's like, you never know. Your algorithm, your feed is, is different. Bro. Oh, my YouTube, when you go on mine, the suggestions, crazy. Wow. So watch this video of Justin Bieber's eyes changing into lizard eyes. A lot of lizard uh, content That's on my crazy, YouTube. Man. That's crazy. I'm starting to sound crazy. We'll move on. Let's get into these Patreon shoutouts, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, folks. It's time for some Patreon shoutouts, man. Much love and appreciation to everybody on Patreon. The shirts are... Let me make an announcement. As of right now, I have handed off friend the last two shirts to be mailed off. There's literally one person left who I can't get in contact with, so hopefully they're listening to to this. Their name is Kelly D. Kelly D, I don't have your address. I, I have your shirt... It's a medium. I, I don't have anywhere to send it to. So if you could contact me on Patreon, give me an address to send it to. You're the last person. 
Once we get the last shirt out, that'll be all the Patreon. Pete, let me turn this down a little bit. That'll be all the Patreon uh, shirts that we send out. And then I would like to do a new run for the public. Okay. Once I once I can confirm, once everybody on Patreon lets me know, hey, I got my shirt. You yeah. know, all, once we get everything sorted with that order, I would love to do a, a order for the public because people have been asking. Billy Jensen wants a shirt. Them shirts are fire. You know, it's the, the shirts. The shirts. I, I can't be prouder of how they came out. I wore my shirt. I went to uh, soft too. Yeah, I went to the Ravens practice. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, maybe like a week ago, and I had my shirt on, man. Got a lot of. Oh, I like your shirt. Thanks. Don't even, they don't even know what it is. They nope. just that's that's the whole that's what I was going for. Yeah. I don't want it to be too niche. Yeah. I just wanted to look good. Well, I don't it, like talking to people, so I didn't want a conversation. <laughs> so I'm glad people were just like, oh, I like your shirt. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Right on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the plan. Uh, again, to all the Patreon people who jumped on and asked for a shirt, ordered a shirt. Thank you so much. Hopefully they're getting to you. You guys are enjoying them. I would love to hear feedback and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're gonna kick things off with the shout outs with Denise G. Denise, you are a treat, a true G. Treat. You're a treat, Denise. You're a <laughs> Denise, Denise, you're a, you're a treat and a treat. You're a real treat of a person, and, and thank you very much for the support. Up next, we got Jake A. Shout out to Jake A. Bespectacled person. Up next, we got uh, Kelsey R. Shout out to Kelsey R. Kelsey R. Uh, uh, was uh, kicking it with me on Instagram while I was cooking food from Green Chef, friend. And uh, uh, she asked for some some feedback because she was talking about doing a podcast. Now, it threw me off. I can't talk about what the podcast is because it threw me off because the sentence started off saying, uh, I was always wanted to do an investigation about my grandmother who got pregnant, and my brain went like a grandmother, like your grandmother got pregnant now as a, as a grandmother. Yeah, yeah, that's what I and then my brain went so far that she was, and then by the time I looked down at the comments, it was like, no, 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 at, uh, back in young. the, you know, she, and I was gotcha. like, oh, so I don't know what else happened after that. Why? Yeah. But that I was like, me, that threw me off too. Yeah, I was like, that fucked me up. I was yeah, like, yeah. that because that right there is a podcast and a half. Yes, your ninety-year-old grandmother got pregnant. Why? Oh, tell me more. That yeah. would, I would click on that on YouTube in a heartbeat. I don't know about that. Yeah, like I would click on that in a heartbeat. Like did uh, you, actually, I would too. That, yeah, you yeah, know you would click on that, yeah, bro. Yeah, if the title, if the if the headline was like, "Oh, Benjamin Button?" Question mark. Old people having babies who also are born old and they get young. I'd be like, yeah, "I'm clicking on that, that right crazy. now." That is a that is a frontal film <laughs> for sure. That is. I don't even see. Now, see, that's why I don't like what conspiracy does to me because then I take my brain goes into where your brain goes with fantasy. Yeah, but I'm talking about things in reality. And I don't like that. That scares like me. Like a movie? Uh, uh, would you click on a movie about male pregnancy? Because I would. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a movie. It's called Twins with Danny DeVito oh, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but for the listeners out there, if you want to hear my movie, my friend on film about male pregnancy, it, 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 it I does would exist. join the Patreon. Join the Patreon. It's yeah. coming out. Uh, up next, we got Mallory B. Shout out to Mallory B. Much appreciated to you. Um, looks like a little nice picture of your family and a very sweet portrait of you guys. And lastly, we got Ashley H. Ashley H. Also was kicking it with me while I was making my Green Chef meal, and she had an idea for a podcast where she talks about horror and reviews horror movies. I said, "Whatever Ooh. you need, do it. Have me on. Have Fran on. Have me on." Talk about movies. Be sarcastic. Get a you can you can do a podcast with your iPhone, folks. There's, there's no excuses. If you want to do something, do it. There's nothing stopping you. Just go create. Just be be all the things that you want to be. You only get one life to live. Start that podcast. I told Ashley. I said, start the podcast this weekend. Yep. 
And I today. hope she did. I hope she did. And if she did, that's awesome. Shout out to you. Shout out to those two people who had awesome podcast ideas. I hope you go out and go forth and create. And if you need any advice or anything like that, please feel free to hit us up in the DMs. I'll tell you whatever I can have. I don't know. I don't know shit. But uh, whatever I have is yours. And that goes to everybody. Um, so those are the Patreon shout outs. Thank you guys very much. Um, Fran, I think that we're all set to go on a break, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't got anything, right? No. Okay. I did have a question for you that Ooh. I thought was interesting. Okay. And we're going a little bit over. But, you know, people are here to, to hear about true crime. But they're also here to, you know, hear some conversations. So that's fine. Um, I had a little bit of a thought-provoking, Fran-provoking right. question I wanted cool. to ask you, right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, my question for you this time is... Is there something that you've always dreamed of doing? And if so, why haven't you done it? I do want to travel the whole world. The whole world. The whole, the whole world. Let's start with a, let's, let's pick up, start with a place where we can make it. And then I can go, why haven't you done it? And then we can move on to let's do it. So you want to travel around the whole world. The whole world. One, first place. The first place? Yeah. I would like to go to, let's say, uh, Japan. Japan, first time? Yeah. You don't fly. I that's hate. a long flight. That's the whole point why it, it you just want to get it out of oh, the way. Yeah. And then everything else is easy from there. Yeah. That's like a 20 hour flight. I know. Yeah. But, I but like I've always I wanted to go to Japan. Japan is like so far in the future compared to us. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why they're like five what, years what ahead. What you thought I was about to say? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, my brain is still on conspiracies. I was like, now you sound like me. <laughs> they're like in 2027 right no. now. Like, <laughs> well, compared to us, <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're definitely very advanced. They got a lot of new cool technology. Yeah. They do things very different over there in Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan, and so yeah, let's let's make that happen, man. Let's put that on the agenda by 35. Yeah. By 35, hmm. let's shake my hand. They got another. They got another type of uh, transportation. Other than I uh, mean, a boat. You want to take three months to get to Japan? That would be cool. No, it wouldn't. No. <laughs> do you know a guy with like a yacht? Or something, we'd be no. like on the back of a container ship or something like that. It would be fucking horrible. Japan? All right, let's do it. Yeah. Before 35. But thir- before 35. That'd be cool, man. Yeah, Dillio. Japan, man. Yeah, we get it done. 35, we go to Kyoto. You know, we go to all over the place. Mm. You know, go see some cool, go see uh, cool mountains and cool, they have vending machines that have all kind of cool, interesting things in them. Yeah. Very interested to go to Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan. Tokyo's, but yeah, Tokyo's but specific. traveling, traveling the whole world would be... It's, it's a dream. I mean, like, I'm talking about not just the United States. I'm talking about, like, you jump from there, you go to... Australia or something like that. Yeah. You go to fucking Africa. You're talking I would about love to go. To, you're talking I would love to go to Africa. That's yeah, a big continent, man. There's yeah. a lot of places to go to in Africa. You can't even do Africa on just one trip. You got to go multiple. You got to have the intentions. I want to go to Johannesburg. I want to go because it's huge. It's a continent. I know, but I so, want to go where the animals are. Got you. So safari. The safari to beat gotcha. that. I don't want not not the zoo. I want to see them out. Living, living their life. Living their you're, life. You're the in the zoo. You're yes. in the zoo on wheels and to protect bu- you. And by the way, I went to the zoo the other day and uh, gorillas. It's, 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 I know we talked about gorillas before. It's crazy how much they're close to humans. It's oh man, it's crazy. It's wild. They, they like attention. Yeah. They do shit. They, when, when they see people getting riled up, mm-hmm. they just feed off of that. They'll show it's off. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. And their pectoral muscles are so defined. Yeah. Like they have straight up pecs. Yeah. It was a whole bunch of little ones. And then when we got there, sorry, I'm going to ramp. When we got there, uh, Sophie, because we've been there before, so Sophie was like, "Where's the big one?" <laughs> and all the little ones around. Yeah, the big motherfucker come out. I don't know if it's the dad, whatever. Clear the way. Oh, yeah. come, everybody moves out the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes to the back of the exhibit and eat his banana, <laughs> chilling. Then, <laughs> then come to the window in the back. So y'all see me? It's crazy. Yeah, I fuck boss, with that. boss, like yeah, it was insane. That. Yeah, I, I would love to see that just in his natural habitat. <laughs> yes, behind in a cage exactly. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that would yeah. be dope. Yeah. yeah, no, travel the world. I think that that's dope. So what? What? So I mean I think I know the answer, but what has stopped you from starting that uh, journey? 
doing is it because we have uh, unreliable friends who <laughs> cancel plans or yeah, like number or yes. but flying as well. That's flying and uh, financially, I don't, I don't, I can't. Yeah, fuck that's it. a good point. Now, what I will say is, uh, you know, again, we we're, we've gone over, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the wrap. But I will say, um, our buddy Les, mm-hmm. uh, re- uh, I would have had a lot more stamps on my passport right now if I was comfortable traveling the way he travels. Shout out to Les, man. I, when I talk yeah. to you, he go, you go, I go, how's Les doing? Oh, he's in uh, Europe. He's in New, he's in New Hampshire right now, just randomly. Yeah. He was just like, here. What? He was just he was just in Key West Friday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Croatia. I mean, but what it is is he's perfectly fine. He goes out, talks to people, meets them, and then we'll just be like, "Can I stay on your couch in fucking Uruguay?" That's dope. Or Risky, or, or he'll stay in a hostel. You know, he'll just pack a, ba- a one bag and, just and then just get on a, a flight to another country. I'm like, I need to have a, at least a four star hotel <laughs> already lined already up. lined up for when I land and and I know where where I'm going. Yeah. Like I can put on, I can tell the cab driver we're going to the Chateau Marmont. Yeah, you know, or whatever. You know, not like we landed. We're gonna try to find a place. We might not even be staying in this country tonight. This is just where we flew into. Yeah. Now we got to catch a train to fucking Munich. I'm like, man, I'm I think it's dope, man. I could bend him. I commend him a lot. But I would like to. My crazy. goal for myself is at this point in my life. I'm 29 years old. I'll be 30 next year. I would like to sprinkle some of that on to me, where I'm comfortable traveling by myself. Traveling with less of a plan and just living, just being free and just going with the flow. Yeah, I would like to have more of that in me in my thirties. So that's my plan for me, and I think that we just shook on it. So that's by thirty-five. Japan is happening. Japan by thirty-five. That's a wrap. Affirmative murder in Japan. Um. So Ooh. yeah, that's that's on the agenda. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is actually a, is a pretty, I mean, every story is crazy, but this one was pretty wild. I saw this, funny funny enough, you know, I love uh, The First 48. Okay. It's one of the best shows on television. Yeah. It's so real how all of the street codes are bullshit. Yeah. Like, they just show it so well on it's, that show. That show is comical to me, and I mean by comical, first, for yes. somebody go off on me. The people that they catch and they yeah. snitch so immediately, fast. <laughs> just like a, a club sandwich and a sun kiss soda. Every time, kiss me every time, man. It's, it doesn't take much work at all. <laughs> it, it's hands down the craziest story I've seen. First forty eight is typically drug deals gone bad, yeah. sex workers being killed. Nothing complex. Is, yeah, nothing not complex. complex like 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 domestic violence. Yeah. It's never something where you go, wait, what? And this was the first time where I went, I need to hear more about this. 
Um, so my affirmative murder this week is the story of the Leicester Street Massacre. Um, my sources were Murderpedia, the first 48, and um, courtroom filings and stuff. Like before, before you go into your story, uh-huh. I just want to give a, a shout out to the detectives. For them oh, have to, they have to like, it'd be like, when they come on, it's like 2 o'clock a.m. And they have to get out of bed to go. Yeah. That's... Being a being a that's, detective, that's and that's man. why that's why it's like, and again, I don't want to get into controversy and because I'm just tired of having the conversation. But the whole defund the police thing is something I do believe in, as far as like boots on the ground police, the things that the equipment that they have, they're not solving, they're not like they're not like solving the problems. The war on drugs persists. Having people with better boots and better guns, the, the you need to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But the work that detectives do, although there are detectives who cut cameras and 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 enforce um false confessions it's and all this kind of stuff apples. but there's always gonna be but i in in the in the world of being a detective i highly respected the work that detectives do yeah because they go into those interrogation rooms they have to be able to read people's body language discern the parts of their stories that aren't true and then you know hold them to the fire like yeah. if you watched chris watts in interrogation um there's a couple of the other really interesting interrogation videos that i've watched um there's an interrogation of a police officer who is accused of like raping a bunch of women mm. it's like this big buff asian secure uh police officer i can't remember his name but that case is very controversial but if you watch his interrogation video the techniques that they use are fascinating yeah. and when you watch the first 48 you see it you know the good cop bad it's a lot of it's like you you would if you just told somebody the, the techniques you go oh they've been doing that for years but when you see the subtleties in the good cop bad cop thing really played out and it mm-hmm. works where they like tell me now and then they're like I'm done talking to you I'm gonna leave yeah. but they already had the plan the yeah. other guy's gonna be like sorry about it. he just gets a little talk to me come on now I'm you know he's gone now you can talk to me it's these subtle things and they, it works it works man and it, I really admire the skill that it takes to be able to do that man yeah. I always want to see somebody go oh. I know what's going on here. Yeah. You would think it yeah. would be somebody to be like, oh, <laughs> good cop, bad cop. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cut yeah. that out. That's yeah, not yeah, making, yeah. Those that's guys not don't go on first 48. They, they're like, that guy doesn't go to jail. He's like, I see. So you're, you're, You know, your friend told us everything. My friend isn't even in the state right now. He's on vacation. Good try. I will. I would like to speak to my lawyer. Thank you. Like that, that guy doesn't get on first 48. No. They cut that out. So uh, like I said, uh, th- my affirmative murder this week is the story of the Leicester Street Massacre. And I'll kick things off, uh, Fran. So uh, the Dotson brothers, Cecil and Jesse, grew up in a volatile home in the 600 block of South Lauderdale in Memphis, Tennessee. They grew up in a knockdown, drag out type of situation where fights between both neighbors and siblings was was a common occurrence in 1990 at age 15 jesse dotson was charged with disorderly conduct for making threats against his mother as she tried to discipline him Mm. a month later he was charged with assault after a 13 year old boy told his parents that dotson punched him in the face and threatened to quote put him in the hospital if the teen didn't bring him 25 dollars the next day so just a little lighthearted, lighthearted extortion at 15. One year later, in the fall of 1991, police arrested Dotson for disorderly conduct. Once again, after his mother, uh, after his mother told police that he came home and wanted to fight his brother after placing her, after placing her son in a bedroom and locking the door. Dotson then broke the door open and punched several large holes in the wall. Damn. Dotson then placed his finger in his mother's face, telling her he was going to kill her. Oh, when officers arrived, Dotson, who was loud and angry, refused to calm down and still wanted to fight his brother with the police there. Damn. Police charged Dotson again in 1992 with disorderly conduct 
following an incident in which Dotson cussed at a neighbor during an argument and then threw two beer bottles into her apartment. So this is a kid, and it's, it really is too late when I get to the story, but this is a kid who at this point and long before this point needed therapy, needed somebody to talk to. This kid clearly has a lot yeah. of pent-up anger in him. He might even be suffering from lead poisoning. I know a lot of kids growing up who just had these outbursts of anger, and it turned out that a lot of them had lead pain poisoning from growing up in you know, um, not up-to-date homes yeah. and chip paint and shit on the windowsills and all this kind of stuff, and that stuff gets in your blood. A lot of that's going to happen in Flint, Michigan, and currently is happening. A whole generation of kids are going to be fucked up because the water situation in Flint, Michigan was never resolved, and they just had to ad- had to adapt to that yeah. and deal with water that has rust and, and lead in it. And so when there's a bunch of kids or adults who are violent and angry and, and need medication, but they don't get the proper help, and then they're gunned down in the streets by police officers because they acted erratically, it all is going to pinpoint back in a lot of cases to people, kids who were given poisonous water Mm -hmm. and now have lead paint poisoning as adults. But anyway, I'll proceed. So he got into an argument with his neighbor, threw some beer bottles at their apartment. On December 13th, 1991, six days before his 17th birthday, police pulled over a car Dotson was riding in. On the floorboards, an officer saw a 20-gauge sawed-off shotgun and a 38 caliber pistol. A little more than two years later and one year into adulthood, the 19-year-old Jesse Dotson was arrested and charged with first-degree murder in an, attempted, in an apparent attempted drug deal gone bad. On January 8, 1994, after purchasing drugs from Dotson, Hale Cox discovered that he had, in fact, bought shavings of soap. Got duped. Mm. Yeah, I probably thought it was Coke. I'm assuming it was a Coke deal. And <laughs> went to, you know, snort up or whatever and was like, this is Dove. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then the two men got into an argument, and then during that conflict, Dotson killed the man. Damn. Yeah. Four months later, on May 5th, 1994, police arrested Dotson for the murder. He pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of second-degree murder and spent nearly 14 years in state prison. He was released on January 26, 2008, and rekindled his relationship with the very brother that he wanted to fight on that day, and his mother had to lock him in that room. How old was he when he got arrested? When he got arrested, he was 19. And um, he did only did 14 for a murder? Second degree. He pleaded to second degree oh, murder. Oh, okay, he pleaded. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so he, he rekindled his relationship with his brother Cecil, who worked as a maintenance man at an apartment complex uh, and rented the Leicester Street house just north of Summer Avenue in Binghamton. And, Fran, if you thought that nearly 14 years behind bars would put an end to sibling rivalries. Not his brother. You'd have thought you'd be very wrong if you thought that 14 years would do that. So on January 29th, just three days after his release from state prison, Jesse, Cecil and several other men were playing cards at Cecil's home. After the card game, Jesse stood up and put on Cecil's leather jacket and began to walk out of the house. So he tried to he tried to he tried to big dog him in that in that situation. Like, it's my it's my coat. man. I just came home. Was, whatever I want is mine. Huh? Three days. And he just felt like doing that. You know you don't own a leather, a leather coat. You just got <laughs> you just home. just got out. <laughs> 72 hours ago. <laughs> so now I like this. Uh, boom. So he did that. And Cecil was like, yo, that's my coat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jesse drew down on him, pulled out a, a semi-automatic pistol, and challenged his brother to take the coat back from him. This is according to a police report that was filed after the incident. Cecil then followed his brother in his car, but eventually he lost him. Although Cecil reported the incident to the police about his brother robbing him and threatening him, Jesse was not charged with the crime, which is interesting because he's out on parole 
probably. You're not supposed to have a, a, you're not supposed to have a firearm. Yeah. So I would, you know, but I guess they were just like, we can't prove that. It's your brother, whatever. No big deal. No, nothing to really be concerned about. Just let each other cool off. They probably told him something like that. Of course. Whether the stolen jacket remained an issue between Cecil and Jesse is unknown. But a few weeks later, Jesse returned to Cecil's home at 722 Leicester Street to watch a basketball game. He invited him over or he just... Just you know how it goes. Those family, those family. You, you've been in, you've been in, you've been in family situations like this. It's some tension between y'all, but they have others. It's not just them. It's like they have sisters, and so it's like, oh, everybody's coming over to Cecil for Cecil's for the game, and so you just come. You just come. It's it's the family I'm about to say, event. You pull a you pull a gun out on me. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You, it was like you know. It was like I'm sure it was like a, I'm sure he didn't personally invite him. Like, right. oh hey man, come on over to the house. Yeah. Everybody was coming. He probably got an invite from another sister or another nah, brother. Don't like invite, him. don't invite Jesse. Don't invite the guy that pulled a gun on me uh, at maybe, my house. Uh, maybe not. I don't know because I mean, he might come in, like, <laughs> blasting. If he, yeah, I didn't on get everybody. Invite? Yeah, that's what I'm so. You got to. It's like it's, it's family, right? It's just a delicate thing. Damn. Every all the oh all the families kicking in and enjoying themselves, and y'all didn't invite me. And he already got short temper too. So it's like just just tell him where we're gonna be. And Cecil, they warn Cecil, like, Cecil, he'll probably come through have some buffalo wings, but it's it's fine. You know, you know how Jesse is. He just just don't feed into no it. And, no guns and turn my home. <laughs> just the idea. Just really put yourself in that position. Like somebody, uh, boom, puts on your fucking uh, leather jacket with all the basketball teams on it. Yeah. I'm picturing this. It's around that time. Yeah. It's got all the different patches on it. He puts on that. Boom. You go. Maybe he's going out to run to his car real quick. All right, y'all. This was real fun. All right, Cecil. Thanks for having me over. The pizza was delicious. This is at, this is before Papa John's was racist. So, you know, mm-hmm. man, the garlic sauce. Man, I haven't had that since I got out. Yeah. I didn't know they were doing it like that at Papa John's. He's like, yeah, cool. Oh, wait, are you leaving? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that's my coat. Can you take my coat off? What coat? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, you know, my coat. That's my coat right there. I yeah. paid I paid $500 for that coat. <laughs> How about you come take the coat from me? Yeah. And then it's like, uh, uh, whoa. Over a over coat that I'm sure wasn't that dope. No. It, but it's the principle. You're, You're not, not just going to take my coat. I quit, I quit a basketball team. <laughs> I quit a whole ass basketball team because I thought somebody was trifling enough to steal my hoodie that I left on the bleachers yeah. while I was just trying to do suicides. I thought I was just trying to get a workout in, adapt, you know, work on my life, work on my fitness. And after the practice, I was like, yo, where's my hoodie? And it was gone. And I quit. It was the principal. The you hoodie really wasn't expensive. Hoodie. The principal wasn't the hoodie wasn't the problem. I could get another hoodie. The principle of the matter was that somebody stole my hoodie at a boys and girls club. I'll never come back to this establishment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how crazy. I felt at my that core. Crazy, that's yeah. how I felt at my core, yeah. friend. Then I got home and I realized, oh, I took a different <laughs> hoodie there. And so I was looking for a hoodie yeah. that wasn't there. And the, the hoodie that was there, I was like, this isn't mine. That and that crazy. was mine. I can't because that was the wrong hoodie. I brought that hoodie. That was crazy. I just didn't think that was the hoodie that I grabbed. You know what? That so was a misunderstanding. That could probably change your whole path of like being a basketball player. <laughs> I really got the love for it and played in high school. I, it, it really soured everything about. I was like, this is the is this what basketball? This is what camaraderie is in team sports. They we steal from each other. Never again. I'll never play a sport in my, again in my life. It's disgusting. I'm disgusted by this. Oh man! And it was all me. I was wrong. Yep. But, <laughs> <laughs> little misunderstanding. So uh, anyway, so like I said, a few weeks after the incident with the coat, uh, Cecil's back at Jesse's. I mean, Jesse's back at Cecil's home at 722 Leicester Street to watch a basketball game. Residing in the home on Leicester Street was 30-year-old Cecil Dotson Sr., mm-hmm. Cecil's five children, ranging in age ages from nine years old to two months old, and Marissa Williams, Cecil's 27-year-old fiance, and the mother of four of his children. Know about that, man. What? 
Yeah, my whole family is in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you pull a gun out in front of in in the home where my children sleep. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole di- yeah, I probably wouldn't let them come back. That's a whole <laughs> different type of energy. Yeah, and I don't even have those emotions. You yeah. you know that more than me. Yeah, like because nah, that compromises your identity as like a protector. Yeah, where you go like this is like where my whole family is sleeping, and you're threatening me with a gun in my doorway right now. Yeah, you're never welcome back here again. I could see how somebody could get to that. So uh, they had been living in this home for five or six months. Cecil worked as, like, like I said, he worked as a maintenance man at an apartment complex nearby. The following day, on Sunday, March 2nd, Jesse went to dinner with he and Cecil's half-brother, William Waddell, a.k.a. Fat. Fat wanted Jesse to pick up Cecil to join them for dinner and remarked on how he had called him multiple times since, the time, since they left the house after the basketball game the previous night. Since Mr. Waddell couldn't get in touch with Cecil, they didn't go by the home on Leicester Street. The next day, on Monday, March 3rd, 2008, Fat rode to work with Jesse around 8 a.m., but they stopped working at around 11 a.m. due to rain. Later that same day, uh, Fat called Jesse telling him that Nicole wanted him to drive by Cecil's home. Now, Nicole is one of Cecil's children's mother. So um, Marissa is the mother of four of his children, but he has five. So one of his children is Nicole's, but he has partial custody. So the kid that that they share was at his house. Mm -hmm. And he can't, she can't get in contact with Cecil. Yeah. She's calling the phone, you know? Yep. So, um, so who did she call? She called fat. She called fat. You two are his brothers. Yeah. Can you go find, see what's wrong with Cecil? He's not picking up his phone. I don't know what's going on. So they get in contact with fat. Fat calls Jesse telling him about what's going on. So Miss Nicole Smith, the mother of Cecil's two year old son, Cecil, the second feared that something was wrong. Uh, Miss Smith had been unable to reach Cecil by telephone since the very early morning hours of Sunday, March 2nd, 2008. And no one had answered the door at the Leicester Street home when she knocked. So she went to the house mm. around 3 p.m. on that Sunday. That day, Miss Smith said the door was partially open and the radio was playing, but she didn't see anyone or hear the children. So they had a storm door that was locked. Okay. But the, the main, main door, door was, o- was cracked open. Right. So she couldn't get in. Oh, okay. I'm about to say, why she didn't walk in? Yeah, because oh, she couldn't. You know those big, heavy storm doors? Yeah. And when, that, when that's locked, all you hear is that echoey, bang, bang. Yeah, 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 that you know, that's all. So that's all she could do was bang on that, and she could see through the bit of crack because the main door was cracked open a little bit, but she couldn't get in. On the morning of March third, Miss Smith discovered that Cecil had not shown up for work, and that his relatives had not heard from him. Oh, she still could not reach him by telephone, and when she called Mister Waddell, aka Fat, he told her to call the police. She took his advice and called the police in the early evening and waited outside the Leicester Street home for them to arrive. Officer Randall Davis arrived first. As he walked in the front door, he could smell the dead bodies. Oh, my goodness. The storm door was closed, but, in, but the interior door was partially open, and he could see a person's foot lying on the floor inside when entering the front door. I know that's fucking... I, oh, my God. You just like... And she's right there. I'm talking about the police, though. Like, before oh. you even go in, you just like... Shit, this is about to be bad. Yeah, exactly. And it's no matter how many scenes you've been on, a lot of these guys were like, this is the worst... You, you build up a callus to dead bodies, I'm sure, working in that field. But yeah. even this, I haven't even gotten into what happened. Oh, shit. But this one was like, all the detectives were like, this is the worst scene I've ever been called to ever in my Damn. life. So even with that callus built up, you've been doing this job for five years, seven years, whatever. Seeing this was like. 
you only can disconnect but so much. Yeah. You take this shit home with you. A lot yeah. of these people, a lot of these guys and girls have, you know, alcohol problems. Their families break up a lot. The divorce rate with the detectives and police is very high because it's a high strung job. Yeah. It, 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 it can break you mentally and then you still got to try to do it because it's the career path you chose. Right. You can't, you might not be able to maintain a fucking like social relationship with a spouse. Yeah. With all this shit built up inside of you, the PTSD and all that shit. Imagine going into a, a, a house and there's eight dead people. Yeah. Horribly, de- I mean, I mean, let me get into it. I'll, let me break it down to you. So, like I said, he he could smell the he could smell the dead bodies before even entering the the home. Officer Davis walks in and he discovered four adult bodies later identified as Cecil, Marissa Williams, Hollis Seals, and twenty two year old Shendry Roberson. All of them appeared to have sustained multiple gunshot wounds. Who who are the other two? Oh, I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Uh, Officer Davis did not check for vital signs because it was obvious to him that they were deceased. Mm. Officer Davis, along with two other officers, continued through the house searching for survivors. Not the babies. Oh my! God. Searching for survivors and perpetrators while while they were walking around checking. They had an officer in the front. Officer Davis noticed blood throughout the house, but none of it appeared to be fresh. Officer Davis saw someone in the hallway bathroom and discovered nine-year-old CJ in the bathtub. With a knife stuck in his head. Wow. Officer Davis first believed that CJ was deceased, but then noticed that the child's eyes twitched. After alerting other officers that he had found a survivor, Officer Davis continued clearing the home. In a bedroom on the left side of the hallway, so bedroom number two, Officer Davis discovered four-year-old Samario, who was deceased. In another bedroom, which was bedroom number one, Officer Davis discovered two-year-old Cecil II and five-year-old Cedric, both of whom appeared deceased to Officer Davis. Meanwhile, another officer located two-month-old Sanaya, who was still alive, and carried her out of the house. The officers exited just as Memphis Fire Department personnel arrived, and Officer Davis let them know a survivor had been found in the bathroom, who was CJ, who had a Mm. fucking knife in his skull. Firefighter Jason Vosberg testified that he could smell the blood in the air when he approached the house, describing it as a thick, spoiled smell Mm. like it had been there for a while. Firefighter and emergency medical technician Daniel Moore testified that although he was instructed to check the adult victims for signs of life, he did not actually touch them because it was obvious to him that they were deceased. He explained that just by looking at them and just the horrific scene that was there, with all the blood and everything, it was obvious that they had been dead for a while. He described the blood as definitely old. So I guess like it had coagulated and you could tell that. And, you know, so I'm going to, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, things, things that are above my pay grade. When Mr. Vosberg and a paramedic entered bedroom one, they discovered that although Cecil was deceased or Cecil the second was deceased, Cedric was still alive. So they carried him outside to an ambulance During this time, Mr. Vosberg was informed that another deceased victim was in the other bedroom. When he returned inside, Vosberg and Mr. Moore were summoned to the bathroom where firefighter Herbert Henley was attending to CJ. They removed CJ from the bathtub and transported him to an ambulance outside. Mr. Henley recalled seeing cuts on CJ's face and a sawzall blade sticking out of the top of his head. Mm. He described the bathroom as a mess, blood everywhere. Mr. Moore testified that when he and Mr. Vosberg entered the bloody bathroom, 
CJ turned his head, and the next thing that we saw was one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. It was a knife stuck and embedded into his skull, Mm. and it was just stuck there. And it was absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. In addition to the embedded knife, Mr. Moore also observed puncture wounds on CJ's abdomen and multiple superficial cuts to his neck. Mm. So some, you know, a person really just went viciously to town on. A, and this is the way one person. That's crazy. They don't know that at the t- as as of wh- wh- where I'm at in the story. It's unknown. All of the adult victims had sustained multiple gunshot wounds, and all except Mr. Seals had been shot at least once in the leg. Two guns were used in the shooting, a 9mm and a 38 caliber. Although neither gun was found at the scene or thereafter, officers located spent bullets in the living room, on the sofa cushion, on top of a piece of plastic from a window unit air conditioner, on the floor underneath Cecil, under the sofa, inside the arm of the sofa, between two sofa seat cushions, in the wall behind the sofa, and in the east wall of the living room. When officers moved the jacket on the love seat, they found a sealed Ziploc bag that contained 11 more 9mm and 5 more 380mm spent shell casings. Mm. So, Sergeant Mullins concluded that the person or persons responsible for the crimes had collected the spent shell casings after the shootings, intending to remove them from the scene. So, what I'm speculating happened was this or these motherfuckers started picking up the shell casings and were like, I found enough of them. Yeah, because there were still other ones embedded in walls on the floors. But then and so started collecting them in a bag, gave up on the job, 60 percent through and left the bag. <laughs> That's crazy. Was it to love the jacket? I did. It's, it's funny you said that because I didn't. I thought that, but it, it it's not confirmed. Oh, okay. But that would be interesting if yeah. it was the leather jacket that started the whole fight. Yeah. But they lifted a jacket up and, and they found a bag of cases. They didn't say what jacket it was. Mm-hmm. But they lifted a jacket up and they found a bag of... That was a good question, too. Because I thought it, I just wasn't... I didn't want to... I was like, eh, doesn't matter. But that was a good question you asked. Surgeon Mullins believed that all of the adult victims' bodies were moved or staged after the shooting. Mm. Cecil's body was located in a kneeling position in front of the sofa with his torso on a sofa cushion near a seam where two cushions met and a bag of marijuana in his left hand. Cecil had sustained several gunshot wounds, including several to the front of his body, one to his neck, one to the bottom of his foot, Mm. and several to his lower legs. Fibers collected from Cecil's chin and mouth were consistent with a pillow having been placed over his face when he was shot, and police found a pillow in the living room through which a bullet had been passed. The gun used to shoot Cecil's legs differed from the gun used to shoot his neck. Surgeon Mullins could not determine the sequence of the gunshot wounds to Cecil's legs, but he believed that several of them may have been inflicted close to or after Cecil's death. Surgeon Mullins also believed that the bag of marijuana had been placed in Cecil's hand, explaining that the bag was so large that Cecil would not have been able to hold the bag in his hands and it would have fallen out of his hands while trying to defend himself or get away from the this 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 assailant so he's dead with a bag of weed just perfectly grasped in his hand yeah miss roberson another victim of the four adults her body was found located in a seated position on the floor with her neck with her back to the sofa 
her legs extended and her head to the side between the sofa and a love seat. Her shirt was pulled up, exposing her breasts. Her pants were pulled down, exposing her lower body from her waist to her knees. A clear plastic bag containing what appeared to be between three and five rocks of crack cocaine was found on the outer portion of her vagina. Surgeon Mullins concluded that Miss Roberson's body also had been staged after the shooting and that she had been pulled from the sofa to the floor near the time or after her death and her clothing was then altered. Little blood was found on the floor beneath her, but a nearby sofa cushion was stained with very thick coagulated blood, which Surgeon Mullins described as, a consist- as consistent with the type of blood loss that would have occurred from a gunshot wound like the one Miss Roberson sustained to her leg. Miss Roberson's pants were also saturated with blood, and her pants corresponded to the location of the gunshot wounds in her legs, indicating that her pants were covering her legs when she was shot and then were pulled down afterwards. The bag of crack cocaine also appeared to be part of this staging, as it was only slightly touching her and it appeared to have been placed on her body. It was clear that detectives thought that this was either a gang-style execution or more likely a very sloppy attempt to stage the scene to look like a gang-style execution. I was about to say, because this, I mean, this is like a lot for one person. On March 7, 2008, officers received a telephone call from a nurse at the hospital informing them that CJ was awake Mm -hmm. and rational and that the police needed to come and talk with him. During the ensuing interview, CJ reported that Uncle Junior was the person responsible for killing CJ's parents and their friends and for stabbing and attacking him and his siblings. Mm. This is really interesting in the first 48. You know, they go do their interrogations. They talk to family members and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And they show where they they got the recording of the kids saying it was Junior. Mm-hmm. So when they go to interview Jesse, what question do you think they asked him? What, where were you on this day or something like that? No, no. Oh. They asked him casually. So what did your family call you? Oh, because his They called me Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody calls you that? They did that, but they said it like that. Yeah, yeah. It was so slick. It's like, everybody calls you that? Yeah, everybody called me. They've been calling me that since I was a kid. They called me yeah. Junior. <laughs> so it's like, so he says that. A minute later, he goes, click it. Hit the little tape recorder. Yeah. So who shot you? Junior. Yeah. Then they turn it up on you. Junior. He said Junior. That's yeah. your name, right? Oh, yeah. then he starts crying. The whole shit was crazy. Who started crying? Jesse. Fuck out of here. So, yeah. So he's in the interrogation room. Deputy Director Armstrong uh, then played the tape. Like I said, this is on recording on the episode of First 48 that I watched. He plays the recording of CJ stating that he had been stabbed by his uncle Junior. According to the deputy and according to the video that I saw, uh, according to the deputy director Armstrong, Dotson became visibly upset and appeared as if he were about to cry. Dotson then told deputy director Armstrong that he, had, that he and Cecil went somewhere to get a gun, began arguing, and continued to argue during the drive back to Cecil's house. They just had a bad relationship, them two. Yeah, it's just yeah, it was, this is more than sibling rivalry. They just did not like each other. But it's that whole thing about oh, blood is thicker than water. We're family, man. You got to get through. It. Probably had a lot of other siblings in the ear, like man, y'all brothers, man. You can't not yeah. talk. It's like no, sometimes you can just not talk to the family that you don't get along with. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Blood is not. It doesn't have to. It's thicker than maybe it's thick. Whatever you guys look alike. You don't like each other. That's fine. You don't have to force a relationship because yeah. shit like this can happen. So according to Jesse, he and Cecil went somewhere to get a gun. They got into an argument, I guess, buy a gun. I'm assuming they meant buy a gun. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But they went to get a gun. On the way back from getting that gun, they got into an argument. The argument persisted on the way back to Cecil's home. 
When they got to Cecil's home, the argument escalated. According to Jesse, when Cecil reached for a shotgun, he began shooting in defense because I thought he was going to shoot me. Again, this is according to Jesse. He started shooting using both, and this is where it's bullshit. He began shooting using both his gun and Marissa Williams' gun. So he has two guns, just, and then one of the guns isn't his. And he wasn't driving at this point. No, they're in the house. In the house. So yeah. he, so Cecil reaches for a gun, and you just happen to have that guy's fiance's gun yeah. on you to defend yourself. So, you know, in that interrogation, you're not going to get the whole truth. But they got enough of the truth out of him to, to charge him. Jesse said that he then attempted to get rid of the children because they had seen him. The defendant stated that he stuck them using knives from the kitchen drawer. And pr- probably like the Sawzall blade, you know, he's going through the kitchen, probably found that like the the everything drawer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which is like all, all kinds, kinds of screwdriver, of, yeah. a Sawzall got, blade. Everybody got one of them. Yeah. I, that's what, because I'm like, a Sawzall blade? Yeah. So for him t- saying he just grabbed whatever, it's like, okay, that was probably somewhere just in the vicinity. That Not that that makes it better. Like it was... But it's less intentional. Mm. You know, it's not like he was, he had a saw, all blade for the purpose. He just grabbed whatever, which is so barbaric. These are your nieces and nephews, man. A jury convicted the defendant, Jesse Dotson, of six counts of premeditated first degree murder for killing his brother and three other adults and two of his brother's minor sons at their Memphis, Tennessee home. The jury also convicted the defendant of three counts of attempted murder, of attempted first degree murder for attacking with kitchen knives and wooden boards three more of the brothers children who were also present in the home at the conclusion of the penalty phase of the trial the jury imposed death sentences for six first degree murder convictions finding that the multiple aggravating circumstances applicable to each of the convictions outweighed the mitigating circumstances beyond a reasonable doubt at a separate sentencing hearing on the attempted first degree murder convictions the trial court classified the defendant as a range two multiple offender and imposed a 40-year sentence for each conviction and ordered that the sentences be served consecutively to each other and to the death sentences. So in short, all that shit I just said, Jesse Dodson was sentenced to six death penalties plus 120 years Mm -hmm. for the murders of Hale Cox, his brother Cecil Dodson, Cecil's fiance and mother of four, Marissa Williams, and Hollis Seals, as well as Shendry Roberson, and his two nephews, Samario Dotson and Cecil, Cecil Dotson II, who was two. And he was sentenced to another 120 years for the attempted murders of Cecil CJ Jr., which I don't know, I don't understand how that works. I don't know how, that's the third. Cecil Dotson would be the third. Like, my brother is Alvin Williams the fourth. Right. Okay. I'm the third. He's the third. He's my the dad was junior. Okay. But they call my name, my middle name, I'm not going to get into my middle name, but uh, my, my nickname in my family is AJ. Right. So I was CJ, and then mm-hmm. he had a kid when I was like a 12 mm-hmm. and named him my, my, my name as well. Yeah. Or the family name or whatever. So you're not junior. You're the third. I'm the third. But, your dad but it's not like I'm Alvin the third and then he's Alvin the trilogy. Yeah. And we're both. It has three in it. <laughs> that was confusing. Yeah. So your dad is the second. My dad's the second. But you're the you're the third. I'm the third. But they call you AJ. But they call me. Yeah. Because my middle name starts with a J. Right. But. Yeah. It's, it's don't worry about it. 
It's complicated. It's complicated. That's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just complicated, man. Life's complicated. So anyway, again, back to the story. So um, he was convicted for another 120 years for the attempted first degree murder of Cecil C.J. Jr., who was nine years old, Cedric uh, Dotson, who was five, and Sanaya Dotson, who was two months old. C.J. was found with a knife protruding from his skull, and Cedric both testified that Uncle Jesse was the lone attacker. So Cedric also testified during the trial as well as CJ. So there's some similarities to the Ronnie O'Neill case here, mm. um, which that's the first thing I thought about. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, other than this, Ronnie O'Neill was the fucking father. It was disgusting, but yeah. Um, Jesse Dotson murdered his entire brother's family and his brother. And then in the first 48, his mother, this was really hard to watch. She came in and was like, asked him, like, what did you do? She kind of got the cherry on top confession where it was like, he explained to his mom, like, yeah, we got into an argument. And she's like, and then what? So I shot him and every, everybody. And then she goes, the kids? Yeah, I, I did that to them too. And then she like, I mean, they might have done some editing, but she hugged him and told him not to cry. And then they arrested him. That had to be hard for her. Her grandchildren, her son, her yeah. mother, her daughter-in-law, her other sons going to jail for the rest of his life or yeah. going to be murdered, you know, death penalty. So really hard to watch. Craziest first 48 story I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I was about to say, I've seen first 48 a lot and I've never. Yeah, it was absolutely, like it was absolutely insane. Um, So that was the story of the Leicester Street Massacre. Rest in peace to all the Dotson family involved and, um, all the other people who were just, you know, just just at a friend's house to watch a basketball game. Yeah. And shit went super left. So, yeah, I mean, Cecil Dotson, man. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, that's uh, that's my affirmative murder. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's France turn to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. My affirmative murder this week is about the murder of Teresita Bassa. Oh. Um, this I got a story from Medium.com. The editor of this uh, article I got, her name is Jen Baxter. So here we go. Teresita Bassa was born and raised in the Philippines, the only child of prominent of a prominent and wealthy couple. She graduated from um, Assumption College in Manila, then moved to the United States and earned a master's degree in music from Indiana University. Mm. Although music will always play a large part in her life, she eventually decided she wanted to work in the medical field and become a respiratory therapist. Mm. In 1977, Teresita was 47 years old and seemed very happy with the way her life was heading. She was living in Chicago and employed at Edgewater Hospital. She had also decided to go back to school and was working on her doctoral thesis in music at Loyola University. Mm. And what little free time she had, she gave piano lessons out of her apartment. Monday, February 21st, 1977, had been a routine day for Teresita. She worked her normal shift at the hospital, then returned to her apartment building at 2740 North Pine Grove Avenue. Around 7.30 p.m., she received a phone call from her friend, Ruth Loeb. The two of them talked for about 20 minutes before Teresita told Ruth she had to get off the phone because she was expecting a male visitor. Mm. Ruth didn't ask for the man's name or any other details. At 8.40 p.m., a couple who lived down the hall from Teresita thought they smelled smoke but were unable to determine the source. Concerned, Merritt and Kath Catherine Naz placed a call to the building's janitor. 
he immediately called the Chicago Fire Department and started evacuating residents. By the time firefighters rushed into the building, the hallway where Marie and Catherine's apartment was located was rapidly filled with smoke. Mm. Firefighters quickly determined the source of the smoke. It was in apartment 15B, Teresita's apartment. They forced entry into her home and were able to extinguish the flames in minutes. Once the fire was out, they were horrified to realize that the blaze had been accidental. I'm sorry, that it had not been accidental. On the floor, under a mattress, they found Teresita's body. Mm. She was naked and had a kitchen knife planted deeply in the center of her chest. Oh, oh my God. Yep. The detectives were called to the scene and confirmed that they were dealing with a homicide. It appeared that whoever had killed Teresita had lit the blaze in order to destroy any evidence of the crime. After killing Teresita, the, mur- the murderer had thrown a pile of clothing on top of her, then lit the clothing on fire. They had then placed her mattress on top of her and set, and set that on fire as well. Jesus. Yep. Since Teresita had been nude when she was set on fire, detectives believed that she had likely been raped before she was killed. Mm. They were surprised when an autopsy showed no signs of sexual assault. But the last person that spoke to her... She said she had to get off the phone because she had a gentleman caller coming. Yeah. Yep. Okay. She had a male visitor. I, I'm guessing at the time, um, maybe they knocked on the door at the time or was it minutes before yeah. the person came or whatever. While the fire had destroyed some potential evidence, police could see that Teresita's apartment had been ransacked and it was clear a struggle had taken place. They were unable to determine if anything was missing from the apartment. Again, she was she kind of was by herself a lot. So. Right. Yeah. She was kept to herself. She had her friend Ruth and maybe some family members. Mm-hmm. So Teresita lived alone, and no one was sure exactly what items she had in her apartment to begin with. But it was possible that a robbery had taken place. Detectives combed through the apartment, looking for any clues that might lead them to their killer. But it appeared that the murderer had left no physical evidence behind. One of the few things detectives took as evidence was a memo that Teresita had apparently written to herself, reminding her to get theater tickets for AS. Investigators had no idea who AS was, nor how recently Teresita had written that note, but they were very interested in locating this mystery person. Yeah. Homicide detectives spent the next several weeks interviewing Teresita's friends, coworkers, neighbors, and classmates. They learned that Teresita was a, was a quiet and polite woman who was very dedicated to her job and highly regarded by patients. Although she occasionally dated, she had never married and seemed content with her work um, at the hospital and her musical studies. Mm-hmm. She had no known enemies, and those who knew her were shocked that someone would have wanted to murder her. During this course of investigation, detectives learned that a lot they, they learned a lot about Teresita's character, but nothing that led them any closer to her killer. They made several public pleas for assistance, but received very very few tips about the case and were unable to develop any solid leads. After only a few months, the case went cold. The investigation began to heat up in July 1977 when Detective Joe Statula arrived at work one morning to find a note on his desk asking him to call Evanston Police Department about, about the Bassa murder. Intrigued, the homicide detective immediately called. An Evanston officer told him that they had recently received a phone call from someone claiming to have information about the murder. The detectives um, was told to get in contact with Dr. Jose Chua, a doctor who lived in 
um, Skokie, which is the suburb of Chicago. Mm. Detective Statula um, and his partner, Detective Lee Eplin, arranged to interview the doctor at his home. This should get kind of weird, this part. Okay. He did indeed provide them with the information they needed to finally solve the murder case. Uh huh. But in a way, they never saw it coming. Dr. Chu was seen extremely embarrassed to tell the detectives what he knew. After a few minutes of small talk, he asked them if they had any belief in the supernatural. Oh, boy. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, wait, hold on, okay. I'm ready. Hold on, okay. The detectives okay. did their best to appear non-judgmental, yeah. but as they exchanged glances, it was clear they thought they had come to um, Skokie for no reason. Do you guys believe in ghosts? Yeah. Or werewolves or silver bullets or any of that kinds of thing. Yeah. And they're like, we're here to solve a, a, mur- a homicide. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. Just, okay, sit back. It's going to be a long ride, but just stick with me. Yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> so finally, Dr. Chua continued. He told the detectives he believes his wife had been possessed by the spirit of Teresita Bassa. His wife? His, yeah. Okay. Uh, better than so, I'm going to just call her Remy. And he's saying that she was he's possessed by Teresita. by the spirit of Teresita Bassa. Remy was also from the Philippines. And she had started having strange dreams involving Teresita. She had attempted to ignore them. Do they know her? Dr. Jose works at the same hospital? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. If they had never met, then I'd be like, that's interesting. But uh, yeah, they all worked at the same Feels hospital. like an attention grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, so she was also from the Philippines and she had started having strange dreams involving Teresita. She had attempted to ignore them, but only one day while she was asleep, she had gone into a trans-like state and started speaking to her husband in a voice that wasn't her own. Dr. Chua told the detectives that Remy had appeared to be almost comatose while she was talking to him, and he mm. didn't recognize the voice she was using. That's terrifying. Yeah. But is it true? Probably. Probably not. <laughs> but I, I, had a, this reminds, I had a thought the other night because Sierra's out of town. Mm. Um, she comes back today. But so I was home by myself and I sneezed and I was Somebody like, say bless? no, but I was, <laughs> that was the thought I had where I was like, you sneeze and you just, you know, you do these kind of things. You yeah. sneeze, you burp, whatever by yourself when you're home alone. Yeah. And I was like, it was like nighttime too. I was like getting ready to go to bed. Mm. I was like, what if somebody said, God bless you right God now? God bless you. you yeah. Oh man. <laughs> the way I would have left this house so quickly, bro. It would have been over with so fast. I thought about that. I was like, and then it started to creep me out. Cause I was like, now I'm waiting. Cause it was like, that's how I felt when I was like, when I, the shit I do in the shower. When I go, who's that? Yeah. You know, you don't and want, you, said, you don't want to, re- you don't want to, re- you don't want to respond. You don't want to respond. But imagine if it was a response. Oh man. I couldn't even, I was, and I'm vulnerable. vulnerable. I'm in the shower. Or like it was a little <laughs> kid's voice. A chew. Bless you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I can't even sleep in here tonight. I can't even sleep in this house tonight. It's terrifying. Man. Oh, man. Terrifying. God bless you. Yep. So, again, he didn't recognize the voice she was using. The voice told him that she was Teresita Bassa and she needed his help. She claimed that she had been murdered by a man named Alan Showery. Showery? With the hints to uh, the, the, the initials AAS. That was on, oh. on, the, uh, on her memo sheet. Whatever. Oh. And she needed to. She needed him to go to the police with with this information. She insisted that Alan had arrived at her apartment to fix her television, but had killed her instead. She made another plea for him to go to the police, and then the voice faded away. When Remy awoke from her nap, she had no knowledge about what um, just had transpired. When her husband told her about the things she had said, she just stared blankly at him. Joe, still unsure what he had just witnessed. 
decided not to call the police. So at this point, they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but but see, up until the air and showery thing, they just have to kind of listen. So they're like, yeah, okay, right. Your wife was possessed. Okay. And then they're like, and then he goes, and then she says, Aaron Showery killed her. They're like, Aaron, the fucking opera tickets or yeah. whatever, right? So yep. then now you got to ears, now your ears perk up. Yeah. Because now you're like, now as a detective, you're probably like, they did it. Because you probably yeah. still or, don't buy or, into or, the supernatural or, thing. Right. Or, or, or is that information that haven't gone out public yet? What are you oh, like, I would assume not. That? I would, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think that when you, 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 your ears perk up, but not ears perk up like, wow, I guess she really was possessed. You go, they were at her apartment. That's where I think your ears go as a detective. You go, they must have been in her apartment. They must have did this. I don't know this. about that. They, you, think they, you think they believe I don't that think it they was a, a ghost? No, 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 no. I don't think they believe. I think they probably like, oh, they they know something that we, while we're here, we got we to gotta listen to whatever the fuck right. they're talking about. But for them they, to go. I think they went up the suspect. If they went like, well. if they went AS or whatever his name is, said, his, like, said the initials, mm-hmm. then I would have been out of AS and Showery. Yeah, but they, just, but they just said his name. They didn't say the initials though. I still think you can, they can go. Oh well, how would they know that was on the on the sheet or whatever? Yeah, that's fine. This is interesting as well because this sounds very much like a Halle Berry movie yeah. called Gothica. I think they might have based Gothica on this. Mm. It's a bad movie. Don't don't watch it. It's not a good movie, but it's the same premise. Oh, okay, as this story, pretty much. The following week, the same thing happened once again. Remy was asleep when she suddenly started talking to Joe in the same voice as before. This time, the voice was angry and demanded to know why Joe had not yet notified the notified the police. Ghosts, I think ghosts like turning red or something like yeah. floating higher. And in the movie Halle Berry's Gothica, she would get these things too. But then the the ghost would always like burn up in flames. It was all it was very visually disturbing. But it was mm. a shitty movie. But it's literally they. I think they stole the idea from mm. this story. You think who stole that idea from? Oh, the, the directors the, the, of Gothica. Oh, got you, got you. So Joe played along and told the voice that he was a doctor and very scientifically minded. He was not going to go to the police without any tangible proof of of. Uh, any tangible proof to back up the claim that Alan Showery was Teresita's murderer. Annoyed, the voice told Joe that she could give him proof. She said that Alan had stolen some jewelry from her apartment, several unique pieces that her, her father had purchased in France and given to her mother. After stealing the jewelry, Alan had given it to his girlfriend. The voice even gave the names and the phone numbers of four people that would be able to identify the jewelry. That's creepy. <laughs> somebody said you go. This is, somebody said you go. This is me uh, five yeah, minutes yeah, into yeah. the 2027 video. See, sure, I was like bullshit sure. at first, and then you say that, and you go, "All right, okay, I'm listening." But you could buy it though, like you can that's go. What I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the shit you're talking about, but this <laughs> to this uh, story, it's the same thing. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> You'd believe a possession more than they're both crazy. But this could be this this, a little this less could, crazy. This could happen. It could happen. Could happen. See, now you sound like a nut. You don't think this could happen? A person get possessed and then the, the ghost of the person solves the crime Do through the first person's body? Do you believe in ghosts? I don't. You don't believe but in ghosts? But when I was home by myself and I sneezed, I thought about it for a second. But no ghost presented itself. But you, so that doesn't mean ghosts don't exist. I can't say, I can't say that with absolute um, confidence. Like, I don't believe in ghosts. So I won't answer that question. So, okay, so you can't answer it. No, I can't answer that question. I don't know. But do you, you believe in dinosaurs? That's, yo, read your story, bro. That's crazy. What do you what? mean? Is that you what you're trying to compare them? You believe in dinosaurs. But you don't I believe definitely in believe in dinosaurs more than I believe in ghosts. 
You sound like a nut. I, that's the craziest it's shit. It's the opposite. That's the craziest shit you said. Have I said on here I don't believe in ghosts? I might have. I th- Probably. I, th- I think I'm back and I forth. think we both have been like, I don't I don't know. I can't say I don't or do. But you say you believe ghosts more than dinosaurs? That's crazy, bro. That overtakes there's no bodies in graveyards. No, it doesn't. You just overtook it. No, it doesn't. Bro, that overtakes it. That's crazy what you just said. That I believe in ghosts? That you believe in ghosts. You are think that ghosts are more likely than dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying I believe in, but I think if anything happens, you're more, more close to, to believing ghosts than dinosaurs. No, I want you to say that again. What? Say what you just said. You're, they're more close to existing. Ghosts are more close. Say it, go ahead. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm reading my story. <laughs> so, still unsure what was going on. <laughs> I wanted to get you clear. I wanted to get you nice and clear. I got enough of it, though. That's fine. <laughs> still unsure what was going on, but wanting to save his wife from any more of these episodes, Joe finally decided to call the police. The detectives were skeptical of his claim. It was the first lead they had in months, and they figured they figured it wouldn't hurt to at least check it out. I'm glad they did. Actually. Yeah, I mean the place was ransacked, any, 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 but any place could have been like. Well, they didn't. They yeah. didn't find out about the ghost thing until they got there, so uh, that's different. I was about to say any yeah. any uh, detective they went thinking it. it was just a real yeah, lead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like they, the guy said this over the phone. And yeah, they were like yeah, I'm not no, fucking going out no. there with this shit. Yeah, I'm sure he was like, guys, I have some information for you. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you when you get out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he knew they were yeah, yeah. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous. I can't tell you this over the phone. You hang up on me. So after running a background check on Allen, they were surprised to learn that he lived um, near Teresita and was employed at Edgewater Hospital. So he, mm. also lived at, he also worked at the hospital, albeit in different departments. After speaking with a few of Allen's coworkers, they were taken back when each one recalled that Allen had indeed mentioned fixing Teresita's television for her. Ooh. The detectives decided it was time to pay Allen a visit. They dropped by his apartment unannounced and found both Allen and his girlfriend. So he has a girlfriend. Yep. Yanka um, Camel, Kamluk. After exchanging um, pleasantries, they asked Allen if he would be willing to come down to the police station with them. They told him they were investigating a murder of Teresita and they were hoping um, he would be able to help them. Allen agreed. During an interview with Allen, he initially denied ever going to Teresita's home. When they confronted him with the fact that other people had overheard him saying he was going there to fix a television, Mm -hmm. he changed the story. He admitted he had gone to her apartment, but said once he got there, he realized he didn't have a tool that he needed. He left, telling Teresita that he would um, have to do it another day. All you need to fix a TV is a screwdriver. That's all you need. I mean, to well, get in there. Right, but what else do you like? What do you? If you go there, how do you? How don't you know you need? I you came here to you, fix the TV. Can, yeah. Oh shit! Like I you forgot you the TV just... fixing tool. <laughs> right. That's his way of going. I came, but I was only there for briefly, and yeah, then I had to and, leave. And then I left. Yeah. So anything else? Anything else after that? I'm I not involved in because I was only. I only. I, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, shit! I did go, but I left immediately after. <laughs> that's all. That's the technique to try to get them to be like. Oh, he's saying he wasn't even there, barely there for five minutes. Sure. Yeah, I, was, nah, I, was I wasn't there, but yeah. Oh, I was there. Yeah, I was couple, there. Couple yeah, seconds. you know, you're right. I did come there, but I only came there to go, oh, hey, Teresita, I came here to let you know that I don't have the tools to do it. So right. I left, and then I left immediately right. after. That's what it was. So he claimed that when he left her apartment, he immediately returned to his own apartment. He claimed that he and his girlfriend had been having some electrical problems uh, so he went straight home so he could fix the issue. <laughs> but yeah, the tools there. Oh, because he, he left them there, so he's already set to go. Well, let's do what his girlfriend said. So although the detectives still couldn't believe they were following up on a tip from a ghost, they were starting to believe that they had the right man. 
They paused the interview so they could return to Alan's apartment and speak with his girlfriend. His girlfriend told them that she was unaware of any electrical problems in mm. the apartment. She also noted that Alan would have no idea how to fix any electrical issues <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Alan. Like that's like lie number that's five. shower right there. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't look like... he. He know, Ironically... He does look like repairman, man, 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 man. Yeah, 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 but he doesn't, I don't, he also doesn't look equipped to fix the television. Right. So the detectives then asked Alan's girlfriend if Alan had given her any jewelry lately. She said he had given her a couple pieces of jewelry in February, mm. telling her that they were a belated Christmas gift. She was actually wearing them at the moment. She pointed out the pendant around her neck and the gold and pearl cocktail ring on her finger. Taking a chance... They asked his girlfriend if she would mind following them down the police station. Like Alan, she agreed. It was clear she had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah. Still in disbelief about how the case was turning out, the detectives arranged to have the people who could supposedly identify the jewelry meet them at the station. Once they all arrived, the jewelry was confirmed um, and as that stolen from Teresita's apartment. So the jewelry, they, they all was like, yeah, that's that was hers. Wow. As soon as Allen was confronted with his information, with this information, he confessed to the murder. He admitted that he had decided he was going to rob Teresita's because he needed rent money. Since she was expecting him to come and fix her television and apparently had decided she would give him theater tickets to thank him, she let him into her apartment willingly. As soon as she turned around, Allen attacked. Mm. He told detectives that he had stripped her clothes off to make it look like he, it, had, it had been a sexual assault. Oh. And he stabbed her once in the chest. His plan to get enough money to pay his rent failed. And, his, and he was only able to find $30. So he did all this to... For $30. 30, and, 30 some, and some jewelry, some jewelry. that you gave that to you your girl. Right. You it's didn't like he sell didn't it. it. Right, exactly. So he grabbed some jewelry. horribly for $30. Yep. He and, grabbed, some, and some brownie points. Oh, yeah, yep. It was girlfriend, yep. He grabbed some jewelry to make it worthwhile, then started the fire to cover up his crime. Wow. Allen was arrested and charged with the murder. The case went to trial on January 21st, 1979, but ended in a hung jury for four weeks later. He should also been tried for, for he should also been tried for attempted arson. Yeah. Oh, this dude. He, I mean, while he was in prison awaiting trial, Allen had a change of heart and decided to plead guilty in exchange for a sentence reduction. He was given 14 years for murder, four years for robbery, and four years for arson. Okay. Many people whispered that he had made the decision to plead guilty after Teresita's ghost visited him in the prison. Any thoughts on that? I'll save my thoughts for as <laughs> But the most likely explanation for his change of heart was the fact that his lawyer told him it would be in his best interest. In the end, he served only guess. Okay, so he got sentenced to 22 years. So, uh, 11 years. In the end, he served only five years. What? he was released from prison on parole. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Five years. Five years, bro. For straight up first degree murder. Yep. And tr uh, trying to burn down an apartment building. And robbery. That bullshit of pleading guilty, I, I can't, I can't, every time we hear stuff, I can't stand hearing that shit. It's like they don't want to go spend the money to go to, to a trial. So if they can get an offer on the table that they feel good with about. But I don't know how you could feel good about that deal. They murdered this woman. He murdered this woman straight up in cold blood. And he served five years. Five years. Of a 22-year sentence. 
And it's only 22 because wow. of the, the arson and the robbery. Yep. It's 14 for the murder. Oh. It's crazy. So the story about the ghost who solved her own murder, that was like the headline. And you Google this to make sure that this is like not other than the medium you can find this other places. This is a real story. Yeah, man. Okay, okay. So you on YouTube? I'm saving my question. I just wanted to make sure. (laughs) So the story about the ghost who solved her own murder made headlines in newspapers across the United States and Canada. But is that really what happened? Is it? The detective involved in the case seemed to believe that that um, that it, it is what occurred. Although... They were usually skeptical of paranormal. They told reporters that they had no other explanation in this case. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they didn't look hard enough. It turns out that Remy and Teresita um, were not complete strangers. Of course not. Remy, They're both Filipino. Remy was also a respiratory Filipina. therapist at Edgewater Hospital at one point. Although they had never worked on the same shift, they met each other uh, at orientation. Remy did work with Alan, and some people claim she had been afraid of him. Mm. Was Remy really possessed by the ghost of the woman she had met only a few times? It seems more likely that that she suspected Alan killed Ter- Teresita, uh-huh. but her fear of him prevented her from going directly to the police with this information. So she made up the claim of Ter- Teresita's ghost uh-huh. as a way to, to tip off police without anyone thinking it was coming from her. Mm. She always... She always denied this, but in my opinion, that's probably what happened. And this is the words of the person that wrote the story. Yep. Even if Remy did make up the story about being possessed by Teresita, the claim did have some beneficial results. A murder was caught, which is still bullshit. Murder was caught and held accountable for what he had done. Okay, Not really. Accountable is a stretch. Yeah. Big stretch. And people still... Yoga, yoga stretch. <laughs> a yoga stretch. Yeah. And people still remember Teresita's name. The case got no publicity when she was first murdered. It was claim. It was the claim of paranormal that won her o- that won over the news media. Ain't that some bullshit? Very much so. Uh, Teresita Basso will forever be rem- remembered as the woman who solved her own murder. Mm. And that was my story of Teresita Basso, um, the ghost who solved her own, mur- her own murder. Well, my my only question is, do you believe that? Do I believe that was a uh, a ghost she that was did possessed it? by Teresita, and Teresita came back and solved her own. You know, because she had unsolved, unfinished business on this realm, she was able to possess a somebody who was also from the Philippines and mm-hmm. whatever, and all that possessed her, and then got her murderer caught. You believe that? <laughs> like an idiot? That's all I'm asking. No way. That's all I'm asking. Now, before the end part, I was like, I don't know, man. Before they added that stuff, yeah. I mean, that's a good. That's a good way to clear it up. Yeah, that was very Scooby Doo of the uh, of the person at the yes. end, like where it's like. It looks like they did magic, but really, there's a fog machine over here, and this, that, and the third. So that was very effective. So then you don't. No. Okay, that's fair. I don't. No, I don't either. But I didn't know what you were going to say because my I thought you just said that you think that ghosts are more likely than dinosaurs. So I didn't know where you were going to go. And my question. You, 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 said, said that? you said that, yes. Oh, okay. And now people are going to be like, no, no, see, here's some articles saying, see, uh, the ghosts of dinosaurs, that's what he meant. Is mm. What he meant was ghosts of dinosaurs are real. And I'm like, shut up. I'm sick of people defending you and trying to make you sound like you were right. That's not what you right said. Right about what? The, the, I'm the not graveyard even into the graveyard stuff. What they have turned it into is not what you said. All right. But my point is, I didn't know where you were going to go with it because I was going to say, so you believe that, but you don't believe somebody could get stuck in 2027? 
That's ridiculous. Different plane, different planes of existence. The multiverse theory. There's all kind of things that are are possible. Mm-hmm. Possible is the word. Possible. I'm not saying it happens or it is true or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just saying possible. And it is possible that this woman was possessed, but it's more likely that you know she was scared to come straight forward and just use some you know some old some Filipino old worldy type of old superstitions old old type of filipina superstitions to to mask the fact that she thought that this guy probably did it and she turned out to be right yeah so that's more likely but it's also possible it's not impossible is all i'm saying yeah so what is my what is my title you are a uh casual casual conspiracy consumer oh consumer consumer i don't theorize i just consume so what am i you are cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> i don't know where your shit comes from M- really honestly if either of us more likely you're more of a conspiracy theorist than i am because you just make shit up me wait 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 wait. hold the phone here man me saying that there's that nobody's in graveyards there's nobody's in graveyards and that ghosts you believe that no no, ghosts no i about that. exist but dinosaurs about don't I was, I was joking about that no you weren't i was joking. no you were not I was joking about no you weren't that. i was no I no, you weren't. I was talking about what ghosts. No, that ghosts. You believe ghosts more than you believe dinosaurs. No, dinosaurs are not real. <laughs> so, okay, what are you saying? Go ahead. So you, me saying that there are nobodies in graveyards. Yeah, is a conspiracy. Yeah, I took a picture. I took a picture of this graveyard the other day. This not. This is like weeks. This is like months ago. I meant to bring it up, but uh-huh. I didn't. Now you tell me. Look at that man. You telling me there are there are caskets bodies in that graveyard right there? Yeah, get the fuck out of here, man! Uh, Look so, at this shit. So, man. so you think that they just lied to all those people? And what? Where are the bodies then? Well, is shit all lumpy and shit? <laughs> yes. There's no bodies it's under there. It's not because the caskets are down no. there and no. it's eroding the ground. No, they all on top of each other. It's it's tombstones over top of tombstones in that graveyard, man. You're not sitting there telling me there's people under that. No, I want people to. I want people to hear what That's he just said. I want people to hear what he just said. He just doubled down like the baby. Yeah. I want you to hear him, his double down where you guys go. No, what he meant was sometimes people they dig up bodies they if you can't up. afford to pay for the plot anymore. And they, 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 re, they repossess your plot. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. He just showed me a picture of a graveyard and he's like, man, it's impossible. There's no bodies down there, and and any of those. That's what you're saying. That's, that's not you're what not I'm saying. saying that's that not, they're digging no, the bodies back not, up and reselling I, that's the plot. I said that. I said that. I've said. I came over here and said that they're taking those. They put them down. They take them back up. I've said that. But not to resell them. You're saying they. Oh, they put them down there. They have the funeral service, and then they pull them back, back up, up, and then there's nothing down there. No, that's not what I'm saying. That is, that's, that's what. Not what I'm so what are you saying when you show me the picture? Why did you show me that picture? You just said it's nothing down there, right? I'm not. not I'm saying, oh, it's probably not the same people from the original when they buried them. You're saying there's nobody down there. I'm saying, but I'm saying both though. I'm How? Both. How are you saying both? Because look, you don't get to say both. Why can't I? I get, if I come over here and I say something, I say it with my chest. I say this is what I believe. You and can't. You. You, can't, you can't get to be like I say all of the things that people are helping me with. It's they repossessing the graveyards. There's no bodies down there. Uh, the bodies, the floods make the bodies come up above ground. You can't say that? it's all of the stuff. I didn't say that. I'm just saying you can't say it's all of the possibilities of why the thing you, it makes you right. But it goes under the umbrella as saying there's no bodies in there's graveyards. There's no bodies under there. It's all under the same umbrella. Well, that's I'm fine. right, man. Hey, man. You want to go? Go where? Get some shovels and we can go test no, it out. I don't. I don't mess around with all graveyards. Right. But my here's my point. I am a casual conspiracy consumer. Sure. You are 
a conspiracy theorist. That's not is the conclusion that we really have come to. It's not a conspiracy if it's the truth. That's what that's what a conspiracy theorist would say. And now you've now added to your legacy of conspiracy theories mm -hmm. by saying dinosaurs on this platform that you don't believe in that dinosaurs ever existed. And you don't even you don't know ghosts are real, but you are more close to believing that ghosts are real than dinosaurs. Okay. That's your new conspiracy. All right. So that's all I'm saying. Me you and you know dinosaurs. what? I would watch I would watch like five of your YouTube videos. Yeah. And you might get me on some points where you're like, you never seen a ghost and a dinosaur in the same place. I'd be like, oh damn. We bay give. Have you ever seen a dinosaur? Huh? Have you ever seen a dinosaur? I've never seen No, you have never seen a dinosaur. <laughs> but I've seen chickens and they have say chickens are descendants of dinosaurs. What chicken? Chicken. Chickens. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Have no. you ever seen TV shows? Okay. With ghosts in it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> have you heard the voices of ghosts? Have I heard the voices of ghosts? Yeah. Like me, like not on a TV on, show? On TV. On a TV show? Yeah. Yeah. Have shit just fallen in your house? You go, what? how did that even fall? Mm, probably. Okay. Okay, what? That's my case. <laughs> How? <laughs> How does case. any of those things even have anything to do with That's each other? Ghosts, man. They come up and knock shit over, so man. So they're more believable because of those things than dinosaurs? Yes. I'm not going to be in my house and there's a fucking... A uh, 50 foot dinosaur In front of my house So that's your logic That you're using To, to why you don't think go Dinosaurs exist Because they're not you. in your house I'm trying to convince you I don't need to be convinced I don't believe this You don't believe what That that dinosaurs never existed And that ghosts Are more likely to be real Than dinosaurs Is what you're saying Alright man <laughs> I don't think that I just don't I just don't believe Nothing that big Ever existed man I just I don't I just don't But whales are huge yeah, but still, they're not they're not walking. They're not. <laughs> so it's the walking that yes, does it man. for you. Yes, man. They just no, man. Giraffes are pretty big. I mean, they're not as big as a you know a dinosaur, obviously. But like, there's stuff that's big that exists. Do you believe in God? Whoa. Do you believe in God? Uh, that is a well, that's a loaded question, man. <laughs> Do you? I, yes or no? Uh, I can't. Do yes or no? That. Um, <laughs> yes or no. That is a good one. Um, let's get into good vibes. No, 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 no. <laughs> answer my question. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer. Do I believe in God? Yes. Like in the sense of a guy in a robe that's giant and you can only see his feet when you get up there and he's up in the clouds. Something you, something, a person that you meet uh -huh. at the end. Do you believe in that person? No. Yes or no? No. No? Not no. in the middle? Huh? In the middle? No? No. No? I, I don't think that the concept of heaven, every concept of heaven that we have like conceptually as humans is wrong. I don't, I think that heaven is, it's not describable that way. Like it's like, Oh, like it's just, I look like this, but I got wings and all that shit. You're yeah. floating on clouds. I don't think that any of that stuff is right. So I can't say that I believe in like a non secular. I God. think, I think I do, but in the form of like it, not being a person, not yeah. it being somebody where I, I, I get to meet him. And that's what day. I mean. And he has some book, and he's like, and oh, and you kicked a girl off your yeah. bike, off her bike, like Santa Claus. But why? You know why? Why? Because we don't have any evidence we have anybody ever seen that person. Sure. That's fine. Do we have any evidence anybody seen a dinosaur? No, but there's no. bones. There's bones. No. That's, that's, that's what, that was the point of that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just were trying to go deep. No, that was no. like, you're trying to add on to, to your, you, yeah. you didn't get me. <laughs> I don't, that's crazy. There's bones and shit out there, man. I had you, man. I had you on the hook. Nah, you, didn't just, have, you just, just, you just had me in a very interesting conversation you. about I lost theology. You. I, I had you on the hook. I just didn't reel I it guess in. Good so. <laughs> My hand slipped. I was trying to reel you in a little bit. 
Well, yeah, no, good attempt, man. That was interesting. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, what we're gonna do? Do you believe in God? That's a loaded question. That's, that's a tough one, man. You got into it. Yeah, I was, I was it wasn't good. supposed to be that deep. No, but you <laughs> threw me off. That was that was deep. How, how's that not deep? That's a deep question. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're gonna get into these good vibes. Uh, check out Gothica or not. That's up to you guys. But it's very much stole and borrowed from the source material, which is the story of uh, Teresita. Teresita. Shall I rest in peace to Teresita. Um, yeah, let's get into these good vibes. Welcome back. It's our good vibe segment. Um, so my good vibe this week is Target has made Target. Target, yes, has made it easier for U.S.-based team members to get their degrees starting this fall. Like team members as an employee. Employees, yes. I like that also. I like that. It just makes you feel a, more a part of of the company, as opposed to they they give you a title. Yeah, it's it's symbolic, but I just like that a team member. A team member, I like yeah. that. So with a new debt free Walmart, just like. Yeah, I just work at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but I see. Um, now you can tell when somebody work at Target. Mm-hmm. You got the khakis on and the red shirt. Yes, khakis always pressed. Yeah, but I feel like I always see Walmart employees walking around outside of Walmart, the yeah. vest and shit on. Yeah, I can never spot a like. Oh, that person works at Target. No, because anybody can have a red polo shirt on. Yeah, man, that's you know, it's very is. casual. It makes them feel like. Just you come to work looking nice, you yeah. know, like yeah. uh, it's khakis. It's cra- it's crazy, man. I, I, Walmart is just you know they make too much money to to not treat to them, not care, to, yeah, to not care, it's not crazy. treat their employees well. It's yeah. just it's just like a big warehouse. They just dump shit in. <laughs> crazy. When they just put it on the floor. Yes, <laughs> I, you should. I shouldn't have to go get my f- eggs off of a pallet. Yeah, stock them. They don't hire. They don't have keep enough people there to stock the stuff. It's just like oh, it's just a pallet of eggs. Yeah. in the dairy section. Yeah. That's why they have so many discounts because you have to do the work. Yeah. Oh, so it's like five <laughs> eggs broken in here, so yeah. you can get the eggs for half off, but you got to get them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they have all the sales. Can you get me some eggs out of the back? Oh, there's nobody back there. No. <laughs> <laughs> can you ring me up? No, you got to ring. Yourself. Does anybody work around here? <laughs> got it. it's twenty lines, two old. All of empty. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I saw a guy check himself out, and it wasn't self checkout. <laughs> he really? just had to take the shit down the down the conveyor belt. And and just swipe itself and ring your shit up itself. It wasn't even self checkout. You know what made me hate Walmart? Now, in the defense of Walmart, the person came like, "Sir, you don't have, you can, you can wait." Yeah. Like the line wasn't open. What made me hate Walmart is not not only that is it's a mess. It's never organized. I went to this might be disgusting. Just <laughs> just for a heads up, I went to the men's bathroom. Mm. There was you a went shit. to use the bathroom at a Walmart. There was a shit in the urinal. I was like. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I will never. Like, I will never like, work in. I will never come into Walmart ever again. This is like the multiverse of madness. Like this is shit. Is this is like uh, what universe am I in? You saw a shit in a urinal. Sh- they don't live by any of the rules of society that we have agreed upon as human beings. That's crazy. Somebody took a shit in a urinal. <laughs> yeah. That's different. That's on, that's Walmart. That's only you. Only will see that at a Walmart. A shit in I a urinal. Like, I will never. How do you even get it out? You just got to get it out. You got to pick that out of there. You, you got to flush it. Yeah. You have to. And nobody's. They already don't want to do their job there anyway. So let you think somebody will come damn. in. That's probably why so many people don't work at the Walmart near you is because everybody quit that day. And nobody's been back since. Like, everybody kept like, Daryl, you got to go take the shit out of the urinal. Yeah, I, 
I quit. That's it. And then just down the line, more and more and more and more. And then that's why all the all the lanes are always empty. People don't want to stock the shelves, and you think somebody can go in there? And are you take gonna a take shit a shit out of, shit out of a urinal? <laughs> you must have me fucked up while taking the vest oh, off. That was it. Laughing. I'd be that laughing. That was it for me, man. I'd be laughing while I quit. That was it. You want me to do what, <laughs> man? Make, mail my check to my address that's on file. And y'all have a nice day. That was it for me, bro. <laughs> I was like, I will never come in this Walmart ever again. But I you know, that's on you. That's on you for using going to use the bathroom. I gotta use the bathroom. What I'm supposed to hold do? It, hold it. I'll hold it. I'll hold it, or I'm gonna go next door to Sam's Club. Really? Yeah. I only. I don't even shop at Walmart anymore. Sam's Club is nicer. Yeah. Just pay the little extra but money to the membership at a Sam's Club. You can. I can't use the bathroom nah, at Walmart. Walmart no. Why? You might find a shit in an aisle in a Walmart, <laughs> let alone in the bathroom. You might just see a shit just on the floor <laughs> going to get the Cheez-Its. You might just see a shit on the floor. So I, I would definitely not go to the bathroom. Oh, God. Yeah, man. <laughs> on, on that, on that case, I, I was done. Bro. I was yeah, like, I will never go I'm to going to, You know what? I'm going to Target. That'd be, you know, that would be a great ad for Target. Somebody walks into a Walmart, they go to use the bathroom, and, it's, uh, and then it's like, bum, bum, and then it's a shit in the urinal, yeah. and then it's like they they leave and go to walk and go to Target. Target. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and then you go to Target and they go to their bathroom. It's like a a, a person Clean, there spraying with cologne. And, <laughs> Welcome to Target. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So with the new debt free education assistance benefit, more than thirty four thousand. I'm sorry, yeah, three hundred forty thousand full time and part time employees at at stores. Um, distribution centers and headquarters locations will, ha- will have access to free undergraduate and associate's degrees, certificates, boot camp programs, textbooks, and fees. Mm, that's awesome. Yep, with no out-of-pocket costs required. Mm. Target Target's partnering, part, partnering with education and upskilling platform Guild Education to provide easy access to more than 250 business-aligned uh, programs from over 40 schools, colleges, and universities. It will also fund advanced degrees with network with the network of schools paying up to ten thousand annually mm. for master's programs. To make it happen, Target is investing two hundred million in the program over the next four years to help eliminate student debt for its for its team. As part of it, as part of its Target Forward uh, sustainability strategy um, commitment to promote access to education, which is which is super dope. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, so they said that team members will have a range of options, including courses for high school completion, college prep, and English language learning, as well as select certificates, certif- certification boot camps, associates, and undergraduate degrees. With schools, colleges, and universities like University of Arizona, Oregon State University, um, um, HBCU colleges, and universities like Morehouse College and Paul Queen College to choose from, which is which is super dope. Yeah, um, there will be plenty of opportunity to find something that fits staff members' interest, schedules, and and career career goals, which is super dope. And something that I've I've read a while ago was was like, um, as a boss or a manager, or whatever, mm-hmm. you always want your employees to obviously you want them to work for you, yes, yes. the good ones, but you also want them to grow within and to, your company. And, yeah, or and to leave and do better. So yes, I, I'll, or I'll, that. Yeah, yeah or, or that. Leave and do something better with their. They don't. But and and th- this is my and this is it makes me angry that the pandemic has revealed this. A lot of these companies are starting to do this. I do think I could be wrong. I think Chick Fil A has been doing some kind of college type of program for some time, even before the pandemic. Mm. And what I I like I like that this is happening, but it makes me mad that it sh- it, it should have been happening the whole time because the whole argument for minimum wage for a lot of like economists and conservative people is that these minimum wage jobs are for kids. Yeah, you're not supposed to be working at. At, no. t- at Taco Bell when you're 30 years old or whatever, right? 
But if Taco Bell, Taco Bell isn't just making tacos. They have a marketing department. They have a fucking, they have all kind of departments up the chain where they offer more money. So why wouldn't you within your business fish for talent within your branches and provide them the opportunity? Like you can go get you an associate's degree in some field that we provide and you can move vertically within Taco Bell. This idea that it's like, yeah, you're only supposed to work at Taco Bell for, you know, a couple of years and then you go find the next job. Yeah. But if that next job never presents itself, you know, it's like like if you're working at a job, why can't a job present you other opportunities yeah. while you're working? There? It's like, oh yeah, you could be a manager of this Taco Bell yeah. or you could go work for Taco Bell corporate. And I'm not, you know, we're, we're talking about Target, yeah. but you know, uh, any company, just well, any company. Well, also with that strategy, you get more dedicated and loyal yes. employees yes. That, w- that will want to work for you. I've been working for this company since I was 16 years old. Yeah. Now and I'm they, 30 and, they help and I'm- move up? Yes. And get an education? Yes. Why not? They have the jobs. Those are, there, there are jobs. You know, every job, there's a corporate side and then there's like, yeah. you're working in a chain. Yeah. So if you provide somebody an opportunity and like do they the the loyalty and the and the appreciation to hire within or grow them within or like groom them to be this the next executive of your company. Yep. You know, as opposed to just picking CEOs that are just like descendants of rich other rich people. Yeah. Somebody that really knows the company has worked every aspect of the company. From the bottom made his way up. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like I would think that that's, benefits your company instead of getting somebody outside that just worked that probably used to work for Walmart. Yeah. And I'm, just, I'm just here now. Yeah. I'm here for a couple of years and yeah. I'm going to go work at whatever. Yeah. Publix, you yeah. know. So um, that's the only thing I don't like about the minimum wage argument is that it's not a job for adults. But if you created a vertical system within every the, the benefit or the benefits that these corporations get as far as like tax shelters and not having to pay certain amount of things. Why shouldn't we put more pressure on them? Like in situations like we're seeing this and this is awesome. Put more pressure on them to go, okay, you guys run all the small businesses out of town. You guys make all of this money. And you guys also have this system of, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of 16-year-old kids here. They turned 19 and they left. And then a bunch of more 16-year-old kids came in here. And we have no responsibility to to help nurture them or grow them into the next wave of business entrepreneurs or anything like that. They're just here until they hate it here and they quit. They make so much money. They make so much money. (laughs) So why shouldn't they be held to the fire a bit more to make a a job environment where you motivate people to become better. If it's, if it's this idea that, Oh yeah, it's just young people working here. Why wouldn't you want to try to weed out the best of the brightest that come to your job and put them on a track to success? Yeah. Why is that not expected? It's like, Oh no, you gotta, you work here and then you quit. Cause like they wanted to make you work an extra shift. Then you go to college for five, six years. And then when you can't find a job in your field, then you become a manager of a target. Yeah. Well also, if you if say you get a job where you go in and you like, they're gonna help me grow and I have a chance to move up. Yeah. You feel way better about that job than to go in and be like, I don't give a shit about I'll be this at another job. job in six months. Yeah. That's that's what the minimum wage cycle is now. It's yeah. like I'll get I'll quit this job, I'll get another job. Yeah. It's like you you hate the job, the job doesn't respect you, there's right. no appreciation. But if you come into a job and you go, oh, man, they say if you work here for four years, you're directly put into a pool of opportunity to become a manager. Yeah. Or they send you to school for two years. You get your associate's degree. Yep. And even if I get my associate's degree in business management and then I quit here, I still have that degree in business management. And I was working here while I was doing that. So you got labor from yeah. me. And you talk good about the company. And when you leave. Crazy. Also. So uh, that's awesome that this is happening. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And then also like on just where, where I get the good vibes from, if you go, if you scroll down some more, mm-hmm. got, <laughs> there's one that says Walmart announces its plan to pay 100% of college tuition plus books for their workers. Okay, that's great. So Walmart. I'm still not cleaning the shit out of a uh-huh. urinal. <laughs> if those are the kind of um, obstacles that come up for me to get the, the education. You're not doing it? Nah, I'm quitting. 
I don't, I don't know. I, no, I don't know about that. You would do that? It to, dep- with a smile it, on your it, face? It, it, I think it's different. You have a different upbringing. I, upbringing, I think you would. Oh, you're saying like... Um, if somebody if was, I like, was if it's like you, you you're you're getting your school paid for man. Yes. Yeah. School? Okay. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Me man, now. You go in there, pinch your nose, and you yeah. grab that shit. Me now, I wouldn't be working at Walmart. But if I was working at Walmart, yeah. I would be like, I quit Walmart immediately. But <laughs> me in a different situation, I'm like, I, I got goals. I want to do this. Yeah. I can get an education for free. Yeah. I guess I'll put some rubber gloves on. And th- and bare hand. You got to do a bare hand. Nah, I did not you see that. Take it too far. I'll put some rubber gloves on. And I'll grab that shit. And I'll take it out of there. <laughs> bare hand. Is this fear factor? No, I can't do that. You got to give me some liquid cash. <laughs> I need the whole my whole tuition and cash up front. Right no, there, there, there. I know, I know, I know. That's why I'm not picking the shit up. So uh, my my good vibe story is I don't really have a ton of information. I just love the kids' videos, and I think that this is an awesome story. Uh, I wanted to talk about this kid, Donato Dominguez, for a little bit. He is a one arm basketball player who is going viral every week on Twitter. Uh, uh, TikTok, Instagram, all the time. This kid's incredibly talented, and he only has his left arm, right? So um, the, there's a, there's a um, story about him that says, he's shy with words but fierce and versatile on the basketball court. Hansel Emmanuel Donato Dominguez has left more than one observer speechless when watching him dominate on the basketball court with passes and dunks worthy of the NBA Finals. At 17 years old and at six foot five, he manages to make passes and penetrates and penetrations on the court that basketball experts assure you will lead assure will lead him to stand out at a professional level. He's six five. Six five. He don't look. He looks lanky. But yeah, not I mean, six five though. That's He's fair. 17, six five. I don't know what they're putting in these the milks, hell? man. These, these kids, it's man. Crazy. We we played basketball not too long ago as a kid. That was it was just a bunch of high school kids. They were all like 15 and just lanky and. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. That's something in the McDonald's or something. <laughs> Why weren't they putting it in there when I was eating the McDonald's? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have it in there. Maybe because they didn't have it in the gangbang. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we weren't picking the right stuff on the. Well, menu. I wasn't. I wasn't eating McGangbang. You were. I was. And look at me, <laughs> five eight and some change. The change is on a good day. Five <laughs> nine and five nine and like some thick shoes. Yeah. Eating the McGangbangs, man. Look at I didn't. Stunning <laughs> McGangbang stunning me. Do I have a, a lawsuit on my hands? Should I sue McDonald's? Yeah. I should have been like 6'1. If not for those yeah. damn McGangbangs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you know, a lot of people are sure. That, and this kid is, is he's a phenomenal oh, watch yes. and inspirational watch. He's incredibly talented. He's been in the United States for just months after receiving a scholarship to attend Life Christian Academy School in Kissimmee, Florida, mm. and is still in the process of learning English, but says it has not been an easy task. He said, My thing is to play basketball. I am not fluent in English, and that makes it difficult for me. Are you me doing an accent? You just did an accent just that <laughs> English. No, because I don't know a Dominican accent. I didn't mean but to. I just accent. With, I did something. I did. You, you I did, did some kind of accent. And you spoke English. You speak in English with an accent <laughs> that you was trying to <laughs> What was that, man? Papi, que lo cae. My thing is not to play basketball. I play. I am not fluent in English, papa. <laughs> Uh, and that makes it difficult for me to communicate with uh, the teammates and uh, many of them, me and as well. We understand each other and, uh, between shots to uh, the basketball. And he said that smiling. That was my um, Big Poppy impression. Yeah. Whenever I need to do Dominican, I just try to do Big Poppy. Yeah. I can't do Dominican. That's hard. But I, I just always try to do Big Poppy. His father, Hansel Salvador Donato, who played pro basketball in the Dominican Republic, confessed that he now lives his son he now lives his dreams of playing on American soil through the talent of his son. And I hope that that's that never uh, becomes a bad thing. Um, again, shout out to Donato. I think that what this kid is capable of doing with one arm 
there are people with two arms that can't do what he does. Yeah. He's incredibly talented. I love watching his videos. Yeah. Um have you, I, have you seen his Instagram page? No, I didn't. He know has that. on his Instagram page he has his dad as his um as his little uh his profile picture? His profile picture. And he has his picture is super dope, bro. Look at that. Oh, that's crazy. That's the the finger roll layup with one arm. That's crazy. With the headphones on. Yep. That's a Nike. That's a Nike post. Absolutely. I, I think it would be dope to see him sign a 10-day contract in a, on an NBA team. I don't think time. a team is going to – he's not going to get a max salary in the NBA someday. But it would be really cool to see him play in an NBA game someday. I think that would be really awesome to see. And I'm sure he's making a ton of money on Instagram and his social media following. That's a whole new, uh, that's a whole new uh, lane these days. Is these people who play basketball really good but not good enough to be in the NBA – just like do YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah. So I'm sure he can make he can make money for his family and, and provide for his himself for the rest of his life by being a social media star. It's that there's a kid that he was a he was he was a kicker in college, and he's now one of like the most popular like sports YouTube guys. What are you about? And they told him like either you quit doing YouTube or you're going to lose your scholarship. Yeah. And he, and he chose YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And he it worked out for him. Oh, it yeah, worked yeah. out for him. It was the right decision. Yep. I don't know if a team would take a chance on a guy with one mm-hmm. arm. Yeah. You know. He's got everything else. He's yeah. high, tall enough and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. But I, that's why I say my, if I'm him, I'm go, I would love to just play, get a, a summer contract or something like that. That would be really cool. Yeah. I, I would love to see him suit up in a game on a 10-day contract. Yeah. And I think that's going to happen for him one day. And not just because, oh, we take pity on him or we – it would be like we, we don't think he can play in the NBA with only one arm because that's – I mean, the talent jump is crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so, but – we think he's really talented, and we would love to. I think it would be really cool to see him come out on our stage as a Detroit Pistons or the Los Angeles Lakers and play a game. Yeah. And we get he get a nice eight minutes, ten minutes, and, and do something cool, go on a nice little run, score like eight points in a row. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And not those videos where the old man they give him the ball and he runs and everybody falls down. They just let him that, score. Man. I don't like that shit. It's fake. it's fake. It's not real. It's bullshit. I think this kid's good enough to score in a possession on NBA. So players. you don't you don't believe in. Giving somebody a dream they had and giving them a chance to live out that dream. Not if it, not if you're not really doing it. Listen, well, he, if it's a, if it's kids, if it's kids, old man can't do it. You no, just, you're, you're just, just old. You just you old. You, hey, man, no, I'm, talking about kid, I'm talking about kids. Make a wish foundation, sick kids, that kind of stuff. Yes, okay, they're, they're not going to get to grow up to get the chance to to play football. But you're just some old dude who was never good enough to play f- football, and you now want to pl- uh, score a touchdown on the, t- the Detroit but Lions? That's, is that your just because you're old? You can't, but, that, but they might have went there though. It might be a, well, you alumni. should have played on the team when you were good, when you were young and spry. I couldn't. He probably like, I always wanted to score a college touchdown. So you just let him go out there, at ninety years old, and right. score a touchdown. People fall down and stuff. Yeah, that's just like that's just like somebody throwing the first pitch, kind of the same thing. Those things they don't count on the scoreboard. I don't want this kid to get it, and he's not because he's really good. I don't want them to give him a ten day contract and then like fucking Dwight Howard just moves out of the way and lets him score. I want them to really play him, which they will because he's talented, and that's different than like a pity. Come out and shoot a ball. Get a dunk. Come out at a halftime performance and do a dunk and everybody cheers. When he did that for the, well, he, it was a real game though. But I said he did that for the guy that used to play for the Lakers. The old guy, right? Yeah. Or well, not old, but he was like 35 yeah, and yeah. he was on the, 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 the like G summer league team. team. For like 20 years. And he came out and he scored like 15 points. Yeah. That was an awesome moment. I yeah. want him to have one of those moments. I think that would be really cool for yeah, him. Yeah, it would be dope. And I think that he can do that. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to this kid. He's awesome. If you're, um, do you, what's his Instagram? You had the picture. For oh, um, so I, I want to plug his Instagram while, while we're talking about Emmanuel Hensel. Emmanuel Hensel. Uh, that's Emmanuel Hensel. That's E N M A N U E L 
H A N S E L. Go check him out. Yeah. Shit is this inspirational. Also, just really good if you like basketball. It's like this kid's super talented. Loved everything about it. Shout out to him. Uh, those are my those are our good vibes. Fran, before we get out of here, I don't know how to talk about my next my new favorite show. I've been I've been conflicted on how to talk about it because I feel like any praise that I give, I don't want to come off as anti-Semitic. What I don't it think on? it is anti-Semitic. It's on Netflix. It's Uh-oh. called my own, it's Uh-oh. called it's called my unorthodox Uh-oh. life. No, it's not. No, it's called My Unorthodox Life. It's like a combination between the show Secession on on HBO and Project Runway. So basically, the the show is basically a glamorized condemnation of religious fundamentalism. So basically, there's you, there's ultra orthodox Jewish people. Okay. is is a very they have a lot of sexist practices, a lot of um old sexist practices. And this one woman left the religion, mm-hmm. and like in like eight years. She now now she married a rich guy, but I'm not taking away from her drive. She's an inspirational person. But in like eight years, she's now worth millions of dollars. She's she she like is completely condemns the the fundamentalism of the Jewish religion. But she's not anti the Jewish religion. She loves the religion. She just doesn't like what the men in the religion have done to women in the religion. Okay. And she says it goes for this. It's the same thing with Christianity. The way that they shame homophobic. I mean, they shame gay people and all the things that they do. And and, and women should be you know, um, uh, ashamed of their bodies and be modest and all these things. Same thing with Islam. A lot of these fundamentalist uh, uh, sects within religion are sexist and misogynistic and toxic. And that's what she's against. So I love the show, but uh, the show also gets a lot of controversy because the show is, the woman's basically like, yeah, man, fuck all those uh, Jewish people that I, the Jewish men that I used to, be around I, my husband was horrible everybody was horrible that's ba- but that's not the main point of the show even mm-hmm. though it comes up a lot but the show is so good she's so fierce and awesome and inspirational and she's like all about liberation of women and safety for women in the modeling industry it's, it's my unorthodox life it's such a good show can't do anything but recommend it but, but again i don't i don't want to i don't want to come off as anti-semitic I don't think I am coming off as anti-Semitic, but I feel like the show people might think is anti-Semitic if you're Jewish or if you're Orthodox Jewish. So I don't want to come off as like, oh, I'm saying I love this show because it's like sticking it to the Orthodox Jewish community. I'm just saying she was in the community. She felt like it was sexist and fundamentalist and and, and, and all those things. And she got out and her story is her story. So I love the show. Great show. It's on Netflix. Check it out. You got anything? I've been watching uh, Atypical. Oh, that's, I love that show. I like that show. I really yeah, I love that show. It's really, it's got a lot of heart. Hmm? You ever seen I have not checked uh, in since the second season, but um, I, I, it's got a lot of heart. I love that show. I like that Great show, show. Too. Yeah, Sam's, that guy, that kid's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. And funny enough, I don't, th- he's not autistic. He's not. And he doesn't get, there's no like flack. I thought, it, I, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, I was too. When I first started watching the show, I was like, I don't think this is going to be around long. And now mm-hmm. they're on season four. It's the last season, but like, no, I don't ever heard anybody be like, this should be a real autistic person. Yeah. But they have autistic kids in the show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah. that's, you know. That's just like, um, oh, I can't remember that show, but Norman Bates is in it. He's a doctor. What's that Oh, show? yeah, yeah. That was uh, yeah, Freddie Highmore. Uh, that's the kid who plays him. Um, yeah, yeah. Bates Motel Kid. But yeah, the, yeah. he plays the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Good? The good doctor? The good doctor. The, the yeah, good doctor, is, right? Yeah. He's that not autistic either. No, right, right. But, again, I don't know if people give him flack for that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you, I think you only get flack if they already don't like you. Hmm. Like Scarlett Johansson. Our people already kind of don't like her, so they're like, you can't do that. Why? What happened? Because they think she, she, she's appropriated some roles. Oh, okay. She's been in some roles that should have been Asian people, but it's like her. Mm, so they're, okay. so anytime she does any, anytime it's like controversy in Hollywood, they're like, I'm sure Scarlett Johansson's going to want to play a black woman. Oh, but shit. they already don't like her. 
Mm. So she's an easy target. Gotcha. Yep. But anyway, yeah, atypical, great show. Yeah. Check out uh, my unorthodox life. Two, you know, check them out. Two good shows. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.